That's episode 297 of The Platformers, a show about games and nerd culture. And I am your lovely host, Brian Barnett. I am Chris Cornelis Von Valencius of the Rogue Trainer Dynasty of the Von Valencius, also Delphia. I'm Lucas White, and I'm a piece of shit who bought V-Bucks today. Oh, no. Oh, no. How could you? <laughs> you have caved. You are playing the footnot. I am fork knifing with the kids. Well, on that on that note, I'm going to start it by a confession time. I still have never played Fortnite. I'm like probably the only person on the planet at this point. I've only played a couple of games, although I did do the, um, I did do the, oh my God, back, back in, this is, this is like, man, maybe 10 years ago, mm -hmm. there was a kind of funny stream where, uh, Greg and Colin had been mocking League of Legends for ages. And then they actually got Colin to sit down and play it. And he played one game and won and then retired. Totally. And that's what I did with Fortnite. That's totally. what I did with Fortnite. I went Play a super game. It's like, I'm undefeated. I'm the champion. I, I retired undefeated, you know, and then I dipped back in only to buy an outfit. And then I, and then I went out. So I got my Gohan outfit, but my perfect record is still there. But, oh, yeah. uh, it, it's also largely there because like I had a group of friends who played Fortnite, and then they all either moved to different stuff or just got different teams that they ran with because they wanted to do like build or whatever zero build has me tantalized like tantalized because the building was always the part that i was just absolute trash at and so mm -hmm. when people would like build a log cabin in the middle of a fight i'm like what the hell am i supposed to do about this yeah i can't compete with this it. pretty much the same for me like I, I poked at it when it was like you know first like a huge thing and it was like okay whatever and then years later um, I'm friends with people who are into it and also zero build poke 10. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you know, they, they put, they put the turtles in and they were actually really, really good skins. So I, I couldn't, I couldn't stop myself. Yeah. Yeah. You sh you showed those and those, those are really cool, interesting designs. Like I love how like Donatello has got headphones on and then he's also got like a data pad on his arm and stuff like that. It's very, very cool. Yeah. Cool stuff. And just, and just the April redesign, of course. So cool. It's very like, good. You both were fawning over this before the show went live. Yeah. <laughs> very true. Well, you had to out us? Come on. Chris. I had to. I had to. Be, be a homie. April's getting, you know, her, her uh, moment under the spotlight lately. Like, she was playable yeah. in Shredder's Revenge and really good in that. She's um, stupid good in that. She's good. really, really, really good. Yeah. She has um, a rocket launcher, guys. Like, what? Right? Rocket launcher. She's and a, a newscaster. Can't go wrong. Why does she have a rocket launcher? She's got the Chun Li gimmick, the the down up kicks. Yes, yes, yeah. She's great. She's yeah, great. and they kind of got like a similar vibe in Fortnite. She's got like the classic yellow jumpsuit, but it's like tied around her waist. So she's got like a cool T-shirt, and I think she's got like other gimmicks. And she has a boom microphone for her. Uh, uh, pickaxe and it's just like a really cool like nostalgic but new design at the same time and it just, nice it, it she's got cool. that she's got that sin kisuke glow up with the yeah still got still got go. the jacket but it's just around the waist this time yeah exactly yeah yeah i dig it i dig it you love to see it you do there's those weird modes like the 
the racing game and the uh, the music rhythm game that are developed by uh, Psionics and Harmonics, respectively, which is like yeah. just weird. But it's wild. It's a crazy world we live in. Yeah, it, it's they're good it's though. So weird. Yeah, like Fortnite in general is just that weird kind of conglomeration of this is the most you know commercial marketed thing in the history of video games at this point like it's just ridiculous in how it is and yet as a result it has such pull for people who are genuinely good and creative and passionate about what they do to make some really cool shit with it so it's the most conflicting thing ever for somebody like me who is like you know fuck the whole corporatism but also goddamn i respect the hustle so it's it's wild it's crazy because it, 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 since these announcements, it's kind of, you know, say what you will about Ernest Klein, but like it is kind of growing into like an almost Oasis style ready yeah. player one type thing where it's like, I actually could kind of see in the next like 10 to 20 years, like, oh, like maybe people are teaching classes in here or maybe there are, are like museums that are set up for different eras of things or something you know there was the Martin Luther King Jr. <laughs> exhibit thing <laughs> like that. I can't believe I forgot about that I cannot believe I yeah, forgot that was the also, thing that happened I was going to say there's a chart right it's a, it's it's a line du- graph it's, the duality of man, the yeah. Martin Luther King Jr. exhibit, and the somehow Palpatine has returned event. <laughs> <laughs> and the Travis God. Scott concert, right. you know, and all that sort of stuff. It's, oh it's, it's so wild. It's just bizarre. It's terrible and kind of good at the same time, I guess, yeah. is kind of where you can look at it. Yeah, you're going to take the good with the bad and call it out where the bad is so that we can mm-hmm. stop that shit. Like, like the, uh, like the, the Ollivander line, from, uh, from Harry Potter. After all, he who must not be named did uh, great things. Terrible, yes, terrible, but great. <laughs> it's true. Oh man, I just, I think uh, another thing about the turtle skins being like cool original designs is it's like, I, I look at Fortnite and I see like especially all the like superheroes and stuff come in and it's just like it's like yeah. stock photos turned into 3D models. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and then here it's like oh they actually let like their artists cook a little bit, uh, yeah. which like is is I think worth supporting. Because Su- Superman's in it, right? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I was trying to yeah, remember no, if he was actually like the from Invincible is that's the main one that's been gotten Super recent attention. Man. Yeah, tons of Marvel and DC, a uh, few different anime. Um, oh, it's like okay, all my so it's like it. so you know Superman yeah. is in it. Yeah, yeah, it's like the it's best like, of Superman. It's like New Fifty Two or um, what was after New Fifty Two? Oh gosh, I should know the All Star. Was that it? Uh, no, because it's the it's the one where he's got like the kind of like the back of his hand, like part of it is covered, but he also has the underwear on the outside, which like there was a while where he didn't have underwear. He just right. had like, a belt, yeah, uh, yeah, which I actually like that design, but it's like a little bit too metallic for my tastes. But, mm-hmm. you know, uh, my my opinions. Oh, they actually they had black suit Superman as well. That's cool. Oh, yeah, some I, Street I Fighter also, characters were in there. That was weird. Yeah. <laughs> Ryu with the gun, walking Ryu, the Ryu, I'm walking the path to strength. <laughs> call dark call an ambulance. Call an ambulance, but not for me. 
<sighs> God, that's really dumb. Uh, There's it. a lot of just. It's so dumb, but it's so cool. Yeah. That's that's the summary of that game and its ecosystem. I feel like. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good. It didn't yeah, have to it, be to have you know the constant attention and money and player base, right? True. That's what I, I mean, have to keep saying. It's like I haven't played it again, but it's like yeah. it must be pretty good. Or you know. yeah, it's it's like fun and it's also like absurdly accessible in a way like a lot of video games aren't. Yeah. So it's like kind of like why it's so hit with kids because it's like everyone's got a device that can play it and it's yeah. free and it's just like it's got that sort of like hangout space vibe to it it's just like a yeah. perfect storm of yeah. yeah yeah nice also now you know we were talking about this before the show you can also finally recreate the uh ball and cell so you can you can get your basketball emotes and get your perfect cell skins and just dunk on them oh my god as they say I shouldn't say this within the first like nine minutes of a YouTube video where this is going, but like, you know, it's like that, like that meme where, uh, where people are like shaking hands and saying, it's like two people who are notoriously assholes shaking hands. And then the caption is like, fuck them kids. (laughs) 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 You love it. You love it. Ball and sell. sell. He is truly, he's truly perfect. Indeed. Indeed. Can't be perfect if you don't dunk on the kids. It's it's very true. Uh, all right, what do we want to talk about next? I got some stuff. What do we got? Uh, we can shoot through uh, real quick. Actually, yeah. What do we have? I have, uh, I have the brand new DLC for uh, Vampire Survivors. Uh, I also beat Alan Wake and am a ways into. I think I'm like six hours into Alan Wake two. Uh, and then I've been playing Diablo 4, and I just had a preview go up on IGN. So uh, we can talk about any one of those. I read the preview, uh, by the way, this morning. So Oh, thank you. Can yes, you hit uh, me? Oh, go ahead. After you. Oh, I was just going to say, I'm curious about the Vampire Survivor stuff. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the, uh, the Among Us crossover, right? Yes. There's more to it, though, right? There's other I'm stuff sure there is more to it. There's a whole bunch of characters and yeah. a yes. new stage and all the usual stuff. Yes. Um, there, there is some, some new stuff. So I'm, I'm playing the um, uh, Emergency Meeting DLC is what it's called. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so this, the, so I played um, and reviewed Tides of Fiskari, which was, the, uh, to my knowledge, the last DLC update for Vampire Survivor. There might have been one before that. There's there's another one, but I don't know if it was before or after that. But um, uh, I haven't played that one, but I did play the first one, so yeah, it would be something different. Yeah. Um, so uh, I have played a bit of that. I there are I think there are like nine new DLC characters that come along with it, uh, which are various like Legacy of the Moon spell. That's what the first one was. Sorry. Yeah. 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 Um, and. Uh, so there are like nine new characters. There's a bunch of new powers. There is a new map. Also, uh, an interesting thing, and I don't know if this was. I feel like this is included in just this update, but it might be a total. This might be a correct me if I'm wrong situation. But uh, after I completed some of the stuff in the original version, because um, this was the first time that I was playing on, on Xbox, because I've previously reviewed on Steam 
and switch. Hmm. Um, so I had to start all over again. So I did like, I think like one or two, I think I did two levels uh, and then some stuff popped up in my menu and it was adventure mode. And adventure mode has its own separate progression from the base game. So you start with nothing and your currency is like blue green. It's like aqua colored or something just to like differentiate it. So you know where you're at. Um, it's got its own set of uh, like unlocks and stuff. And it does take place on like the starship on the lava level uh, one from Among Us. Okay. So you can still use your baseline characters uh, in there, but you have to unlock them first. Uh, but you start with like a basic kind of like the red outfitted uh, Among Us person. And you start with, I want to say, uh, the... Um, I forget what the power-up is actually called, but it's like a megaphone, and it does a shockwave out in front of you, and then as you upgrade it, it, it also does like a little shockwave like behind you as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when you when you upgrade it fully and evolve it, um, which you do by picking up little like tiny uh, Among Us crewmate followers um, that will like randomly do little things for you. So they'll be like kind of like um, like minions, like almost like you're playing a necromancer in Diablo or something. Like they'll just go around and occasionally they'll just like uh, attack or something. Uh, And they'll do different things depending on which color of a, of a one that you pick up. Uh, And each one of those corresponds to one of the among us main powers. And when you get those maximized, they will evolve each other. Each of the little crewmates only needs to be leveled up three times. Uh, And then the main abilities are like, uh, I think eight or nine, like very similar to like the the base game. Yep. Um, so when you level up the, uh, like megaphone, it just goes constantly and it's just this shockwave and it blasts people away as well. So mm. it's all the abilities. I have to say all the abilities from this DLC are super fun. Like they're really, really fun. And when they're evolved, they are like out of control. There's one of them where you do like a mini game where every once in a while it will pop up like nine blue squares. Like you have to type in like the, on the keypad and stuff. Mm. And they'll have like numbers and you need to, you need to walk over those numbers in the order that they're listed. And if you do jets come down from the top of the screen and just blast everything on the screen with fire for like 20 seconds. It's crazy. Um, there's also, um, one of the powers you can get is venting and it pops down these little vents on the ground. And if something walks over them, they get sucked down into (laughs) it and it does such massive damage that it basically is an instant kill, um, which is really awesome. And when when you evolve that, it picks a random side of the screen and it opens the airlock and just everybody gets sucked out uh, oh and they instantly and they instantly die. Uh, and it just it's just an out of control thing. There's also um, there's one where you know the the cutscene where you uh, you kill somebody and you like open your mouth and like stick their your tongue like a spear through them. Mm, yeah, you get yeah. that you get that ability when you're walking around the tongue will just shoot out and like stab a bunch of people. And when you evolve that, I believe that turns into the like electricity connecting game, mm. where like it it will just stretch a line across and once it connects, it's just electrified and anything that crosses that line takes damage. And then they cro- they keep crossing over and over again until it's just like this web across the screen that's constantly doing damage to everybody. So they're all just incredibly powerful, really fun 
uh, abilities that have tons of character. And you're just wandering around fighting off these crazy, like, infected crewmates and stuff. And you As know, you imp- typically do. Yeah, imposters and stuff. So, uh, yeah, so that's just kind of like a taste of what's going on over there. I, I think it's fantastic. I, I really, really like it. Uh, the last the one was... in general is just great. So, you know, yeah, it's just... Mm-hmm. It's cocaine, really. Let's let's be honest. It's video game cocaine. It is. Just, it is drugs. It's ridiculous. It um, sounds like they really put a lot into adapting Among Us into. Yeah, I respect that. That language, yeah. They did. They did a lot. The last DLC uh, was great. Also, the Tides of the Foscari, uh, and they're they're both hella cheap. Like I think it's literally like a dollar fifty or two dollars, two two fifty or something. Yeah, it's not something more than like two dollars and fifty cents. Like the update is like very very affordable. And the base game itself is like the best value, like three to five bucks you can spend on Steam. Yeah, like it's, just, it's just straight off. The only thing you can get better than that for that price for is passion on sale, you know? Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's, it is just as fantastic as it ever was. The thing that they did with Tides of the Foscari was they introduced one really massive map that you would explore and it would be maze like and you would progress with one of three classes that were based off of like classic D&D stuff, like where you'd have like a wizard, a barbarian, and a ranger or something. Mm-hmm. And you would have to solve different puzzles to get further and unlock things. I found that a little too fidgety because there was, there's a coffin and there's this barrier between you and the coffin. And I just could not for the life of me figure out how to like get past it. Mm-hmm. And it was it was telling me that I had to like upgrade my arrows to a certain type, but the image was like rainbow arrows, and I'm like, I don't really understand what you want me to do with this. And you know, it's Vampire Survivors, which isn't necessarily a game I go to to try to like figure stuff out. It's right. a game I go to to just kind of like turn my brain off and watch the pretty colors go around. Uh, and this is definitely next 30 minutes. Everything is, is going to explode in front of me. Thank you. Yes. Yes. And this is definitely back along those lines, um, which like, I, I, I definitely don't want to like dissuade them from getting creative, uh, because I do think that tides was a cool DLC thing. And I do think that the popularity of it, the, uh, affordability of it and how inexpensive the DLC is as well means that they really do have a lot of freedom to play around in the space. Mm-hmm. And I definitely want them to feel free to do that. Um, but, I mean, it's really silly Among Us Vampire Survivors. So, like, come on. I'm not going to, you know, I'm going to sing its praises. And that's just that's just what it's going to be. It is what it is. And what it is is a Glorious. damn good time by the sounds of yeah. it. So. Now the door yeah, is open. Yeah, it's it's really, really good. It's really, really good. I highly recommend it. Um they need to get a, Car- a Castlevania crossover, or alternatively, anything but Castlevania, because that would be hilarious. <laughs> yeah, if they never got, they should get a Dead Cells crossover instead. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> That's five D chess for you. Yeah. Well, you know me. I'm not. I'm not crazy. I'm just ahead of the curve. <laughs> I believe you. Billions wouldn't. Uh. All right. Let's see what else we want to get into. Um, Lucas, did you want to talk about something? Yeah. Um, do y'all have any curiosity about Avatar Frontiers of Pandora? Morbid curiosity. 
Okay. I hear very mixed, but mostly leaning positive from most people I've seen or read about it. Aside from you, you were very, very blunt I... in the early days. And so I, <laughs> I need to. I need to know. I'm sorry to make you suffer, but I need to know. Okay. So, My... go ahead. Well, I was. I was just going to say the impression that I have gotten. I find it very interesting that that your perception, apart from Lucas, has been has been largely positive because the the refrain that I have heard, the scuttlebutt that that has made its way to me, is that it's kind of just poor man's far cry. Which, yeah, yeah, but like th- that in itself is still positive enough. It's like, yeah, it's mm. fine. You know? It's, but it's that was very a far much... cry and I, from and what I know Lucas that, said. And I know that like on its own, like Far Cry has kind of fallen out of favor with a lot of people. Like I I, I started with the game, I don't know what is it with me and like popular franchises that were really great in the third one, but I didn't start till the fourth one. This happened with Fallout and with Far Cry. Like everybody's like the third one's the best, and then I start with the fourth one and enjoyed it. Um, I, I don't know. There's I don't some... think anybody says the third one is the best as far as Fallout goes. Yeah, I was, was going to say, unless you is mean it, you know it, the third it... one by the actual people who do it, in which case that's New Vegas. Okay, yeah, that's okay, the best yeah, one. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've, I've heard split stuff. I've heard some people say New Vegas is not that great and 3 is the best. And I've heard some people say 3 is not that great and New Vegas is the best. It, it seems to and me that... you got the sickos who are like Fallout 2 and it was all downhill from yeah. there. And for, and for me, I'm the like... The original I'm like, is still my favorite. So I'm like Fallout go. Tactics yeah. is, is the one. You know what I mean? Because I, I played that, that one. That's the outlier one. That's <laughs> <sure>. <laughs> I mean, the, I, think, I, I think the first games I played in the series were actually not Fallout, Fallout 4. It, th- that was just my first Bethesda Fallout game. My first ones mm. were Fallout Tactics and Fallout Brotherhood of Steel, I think. Oh, which are like yeah. the old, 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 old CRPGs. Uh, yeah. And basically the spinoffs that just weren't as good as the original two, so... Yeah. yeah. Well, you know. What can I, I can't help what I have access to, you know what I mean? Yeah. Or maybe I could have, but I didn't, so, you know, what are you going to do about it? What can you do? But anyways, anyways, without further ado, Lucas, what, yeah. tell us tell us about what's going on with all the unobtainium that we're trying to obtain. <laughs> I can't believe they actually called it that. Jesus Christ. So yeah, I mean, I think the Far Cry thing is pretty apt. Um, it is, it's made by, what is it, Massive? Uh, the folks who do the Division, or at so, least yes. the, the same building, or however it works in Ubisoft land. Uh, but it is... It is very, very derivative of the Far Cry formula. Uh, mm. Big open world. Uh, you have like your sort of sets of repeating objectives. Uh, so it's like you find this thing, and that's how you get your next ability. And there's like X number of those around. And it's like here's these kinds of outposts, and here's those kinds of outposts, and that sort of thing. Um, Lots and lots and lots and lots of just interacting with plants and stuff. So like grabbing your ingredients um, and then turning those ingredients into like ammo or gear or food. Um, And uh, combat, usually revolving around clearing those outposts where you're fighting like dudes or dudes and robots. Um, and that, that's pretty much it. Like you, you get some different mounts after a while, um, and you're sort of like 
traversal changes slightly as you get abilities. Um, what kind of um, actual combat abilities and weaponry and such do you have, typically? Uh, so you have a bow, and you've got a gun, and you've got this like lacrosse stick thing that lobs mines. Um, They're playing High Ally and on Pandora. Yeah, basically. Apparently. Um, Sick. But like none of it. It's very like weightless. Um, there's not a lot of like sense of like impact when you hit something. Uh, like oh yeah, you you shot an arrow at the robot thing and its health meter went down, but otherwise like the game doesn't really. Uh, like doesn't have much kinetic feedback in that regard. Yeah, thank you. Um, and a lot of the times it was just like, all right, I'm just gonna switch to my machine guns and just shoot everything and move on. Um, and my biggest problem with it was actually like just getting around in the environment. Um, the prevailing narrative is that it's like it's the world of Pandora come to life and you can run around in it and it's gorgeous and like yes, uh, the visuals are very high quality. Uh, there's lots of colors, but this game wants me to be a like botanist slash uh, you know blacksmith slash uh, you know uh, horticulturalist or whatever. But it's just the general gather all the random stuff. Yeah, but not there's really a planet with it. full of plants that don't have any sort of like you know real life um uh parallels uh it's it's a jungle so it's dense um and there's plants that you can pick up and then there's plants you can interact with plants that are dangerous plants that don't do anything um that just have like codex information and the game is just like go out in this jungle and collect all the stuff you need um, but there's no like there's no intuitive connection between like oh this does this you just have to I guess memorize but the, the vegetation's so dense and I, f I found myself just sort of like bumbling around using my uh, you know avatar vision to just hold the button, have the screen get all blurry, and have the little focusy thing, and just be like, okay. Batman Detective Vision kicks yeah. in as usual, yeah. That plant, that plant, and that plant are the ones I can interact with. That one's useful. That one doesn't do anything. This one hurts me if I get too close. Um, so it just felt like the whole time I was just, like, grabbing crap that had no sort of, like... Again, like intuitive uh, way to like discern it. There wasn't really any connection between why it looked and did what it did for what it was used for. It's just, yeah, here is a currency that by any other metric. Yeah, yeah, because they're all just like alien plants. Um, and like some of them, it's like, okay, this one's like a sphere, so maybe, maybe that one will pop when I get next to it. But even then, you'd only be right like a, a third of the time. Um, and so I just I never felt comfortable just like running through unless I was just like I'm just going to run and grab stuff without paying attention and sort it out later um, and then you 
have all these ingredients and you bring them to your crafting or whatever and it's just like I'm just clicking through a menu and making my numbers go up and just that that's just not enough for me to have a good time that's fair uh, that's gonna yeah. be fair and there was no like narrative hook or anything particularly that really did it for you or no not really I, like the setup is almost kind of interesting because it's like uh this other organization aside from the the one that's like in the movies is like they basically kidnap a bunch of children uh take out a village and they're like we're gonna raise you like good proper white human christian people um and that's how we're gonna strip mine pandora of its resources by assimilation um but then like the guy in charge of that is so they're like, basically coming in like conquistadors yeah um but they're led oh, by like a, a ceo guy he's like he's like the the head of unity john rick rigatello or something like that except he's like do what i say or i'll shoot you like right off the bat um and it's it's just like really generic in that way um and there's some stuff about like uh reconnecting with your roots and uh you know like uh rediscovering the navi way and all that stuff and i think i think there's probably value in that especially if it mirrors like your real life experience um but I don't know. Avatar like always has this artillery strike. Yeah, yeah, and it and it's like you're. Avatar weirds me out in general because it has this sort of vibe of like being about indigenous cultures, but like if like fed through like the Smurfs. You know what I mean? It just it just cheapens it. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> it's, it's like having having the allegory that it doesn't yeah. mean anything. And it's like you can't do it with like, you know, interesting or or more grounded real world allegories. They have to be like cartoon characters that are being oppressed. And well, the problem is if they did it with real world things, then they would actually be accused of plagiarizing dances with wolves. So you know, there you, yeah. Yeah, I don't know, like, a lot of people are like, it's it's Far Cry Primal, but in the Avatar world, and that's great. And, like, yeah, there's, like, no real glaring technical issues or anything, and uh, the double dunk jump you get really sucks. It's, like, insultingly bad. Um, but, like, you've got this cool, like, charge jump by default, so you can, like, kind of, like, scale up big trees and run across, like, vines and roots and stuff, and, it, like, it's fast, and that's kind of cool, but it just doesn't come together in any way that distracts me from the fact that I'm just bumbling around and collecting shit that I don't care about and have no reason to care about so I can craft incredibly my gamey, gear. I guess. Yeah. Uh, it, it is just like very, very like conveyor belt video game from a triple A company. Um, even by like Ubisoft standards, like, I feel like I can play like Far Cry Primal and like have a decent time because um, it feels like something uh, more I don't know like like human beings made it I guess um, and this just feels like a Disney robot like vomited it out onto a conveyor belt and, uh, I was just like I just 
generic Ubisoft game at this point. The longer they go on, every game just blurs, yeah. and I feel like that's just where we're at. Yeah. Siggy yeah. Liam in the chat says, so mechanically fine, but lacking a soul. Unfortunately, that seems to fall to the theme park fallacy of thinking open world is indicative of a good concept, as well exactly. as a lack of ensuring the player can rely on an intuitive recognition of the environment. And, quote, CEO slash corporate slash settlers bad, a narrative that unfortunately fails to do what games like Oddworld did by ensuring the evils of industrialism, uh, industrialism are secondary to a character's personal journey. A very well uh, thought out and, and uh, well said. Uh, yeah. Yeah, nailed it. Yeah, it's it's really hard to take the like Shout CEO's bad thing seriously when it's just like a maniac waving a gun around, but then like the end game text is like, no, he's got charisma and he's like a tech genius guy, businessman, and everyone oh, likes him. No. It's like no, he just like, <laughs> like you can't just tell me and expect me to be like, oh, oh yeah. The story Trying affects to me. Say now. that there's two sides to it when only yeah. presenting one very obvious, very shallow, very yeah. predictable, generic. We've seen this a thousand times. You're not saying anything new. You're not doing anything new with it. Exactly, exactly. That's that's pretty much that game. It's so so much so like like it feels easy to just be like it's it's generic. It's colored by numbers. It doesn't do anything new. But it's like it's so aggressively that that it just like it's an active detriment at that point you know what i mean yeah it's just nothing there yeah there's 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 a certain degree to which like you you really don't need to reinvent the wheel to do something great um but if you're not going to reinvent the wheel you really need to not just make the first wheel that was made and then stop there uh, but yeah, I mean, we, we hold up a lot of games that like excel in one way or another. Um, and a lot of times those games have real problems. You know, we were just talking about Baldur's Gate three, uh, you know, before we started recording and talking about how, like, you know, Chris and I just don't really have the drive to finish it. Unfortunately, uh, and, you know, because it, even though it is, you know, inspired in a lot of the ways that, that people have held up. I mean, it won fucking game of the year at the, the game of It swept pretty much everywhere and everything as much as it could. You know, and, and I think that that is a testament to the high highs, but man, the, lo- the, the drawbacks are serious. And, and yeah, everyone who gives it that kind of praise, I'm just like, how much of Act 3 have you played? Seriously. <laughs> How much of Act 3 have you played? And then if the answer is all of it, then how many? How much have you gone back to Act 3 and tried something different and found out that you can't? That there are so many ways in which they force you to do a certain thing and the freedom just gets pulled away and you don't realize it because the first time through you're like, yeah, okay, fine, I'll just follow this or whatever. But if you try and push back against it, the whole thing collapses completely in the, act, in the third act. And it's ridiculous. That's a bummer. Like, if, if you don't believe me, try not siding with the Emperor when he's first introduced. Try it. We, me and my friends did that in multiplayer. And it's like, it sells, no, you have to do this. Like, four or five times where <laughs> it says, fine, okay, game over. Even though later on you can turn against him. But in that moment, no, nope, can't do it. You just get to get a hard game over. Screw you. It's like Dragon Quest. Listen and he's like, yeah. the bad guy's like, will you join me? Yes, no. <laughs> yeah. 
Haha, I wasn't really going to offer you that anyway. I was seeing how fight. At least in Dragon Quest, it's honest about it. Right. <laughs> the king's Mom like, jumped. please help me. Yes, no, no. But surely you must help me. Yes, no, no. But surely. But yeah. thou must. Is <laughs> yeah, there you go. I think that's literally how, how 3D.game heroes starts. Like the, the king asks you to do something for him and he gives you the option. Yes, no. And he's like, but come, but come on, man. <laughs> hey, but come on, man. And he just kind of keeps out. doing that. Until Shout out to Golden Sun, which gives you that yes no option. Then if you say no, you get an early game over. Yeah, they actually accounted for that. It's like, well, good job. Yeah. Good job, good. idiot. Mom Jum in the chat says, uh, says for Baldur's Gate 3, just imagine the final boss's mother brain and see if any Super Metroid good vibes carry over. <laughs> no. It's a good strategy for me. It's a good, good strategy strat. for me. It's Somebody a good strat, but it, it, it lacks it because you don't have the baby coming in and doing the whole the thing at that point to really, you know, yeah. drive oh, home the, everything the, about the, that game. Yeah, the, um, the emotional uh, moment. One the of emotional the, one resonance, of the, yeah. One of the most, in a game that doesn't have any text any aside from aside yeah. from, like the only text is in the intro and in the outro where it says see you next mission that's literally all there is in the entire game and that has such emotional resonance it's just ridiculous non-verbal storytelling it and you know sh just show don't tell and yeah. incredible atmosphere and you know emotion in how it's done to it's actually amazing how far it that'll carry you that's yeah, why really Samus does. Returns gets the two thumbs yeah. down from me. Big old poop. Yeah, I like it, but... but like, Way to miss the point on every level. Unfortunately. <sighs> but yeah, it, it's it's sad. And I did not I did not intend to hijack your Avatar uh, discussion with talk of Baldur's Gate 3. No, that's uh, fine. I mean, it's it's. I think it's worth like talking about that kind of stuff because we get we're in such a like unstable era of games right now and it yeah. still seems like the prevailing uh thing for a lot of these big publishers is like just dump millions of dollars into this open world game and throw it out there and people will buy it because we say so yeah or just like it literally i, I mean yeah, you, know, you talk about it's just all that Right now, the last time I checked, Hogwarts Legacy was the number one selling game of the year, which is just open world attached to an IP, which is exactly what this is. And it's like, you know, that some people had have, have talked about like, oh, well, why didn't, you know, if this game was like that popular or whatever, like, why didn't it get any nominations? And it's like, well, it's because it's just, it, it's, it's, it's a good open world game, but it's not unremarkable in any, in any way. Like, yeah. It doesn't do it like, and that, that is, it's, we talk a lot about like having big, big problems, but also like death by a thousand cuts or life by a thousand cuts where like the, the game, it doesn't do like, that's kind of sea of stars for some, me where it's like, some is greater than, than it's parts. Yeah, exactly. Where it's like sea of stars doesn't really do anything exceptionally well. It just does a lot of things better than usual. Yeah. Like yeah. it's, it is it is and above put a lot average of into how to do the little things well. Yeah, it's like above average in like almost every aspect. So like it's not it's not really exceptional. It's just like you're not going to find something better in like all of these areas. There's usually some drawback. And in that one it was like well the writing wasn't super strong, but like the plot kind of made up like the plot being interesting made up for the fact that the writing was a little bit weaker. So it was like overall like 
the story as a, as a whole was like elevated, at least to me, mm. like, I, you know, your mileage may vary, but mm. you know, and then we, we've got stuff like that, but death by a thousand cuts doesn't necessarily need to be bad things about a game. It can just be bland things about a game too. Like yeah. if, 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 if every aspect of your game or most aspects of it are just incredibly generic or unremarkable, that's going to carry through to the feeling that the player gets when they're in that space and the longer you're in that space, the more true that's going to be at which mm -hmm. point being an open world game is going to really count against you. One of the reasons why Elden Ring and Legend of Zelda are games that are held up as being like some of the pinnacle of gaming is because they kept that fascination. They kept that interest. They kept that wonder about what was going to happen around the next corner all the time. And if you never feel that being in an open world is just going to be taxing to you. But. It's just lists and lists of things to do, checklists, objective markers. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, fill the bar, 20 of X. Yeah. But anyways, I don't know if any of that rings true to you, Lucas, about, like, how you feel, but that's just kind of, you know. Definitely, definitely. That's our read from it, yeah. Yeah. Well, good stuff. Yeah. And um, conversely. I never, have to, I never have to play it again, so... No. Great. That's the best part of it, when you can put it down forever. And you don't have to but, talk about it again, either. <laughs> there, there's one little bit of schadenfreude. Um, yeah? Like, uh, we, we talk about Harry Potter, too, and that was so frustrating on kind of our side of the uh, the work equation, because it was like, gotta, gotta pump out the content for the wizard game and all these, like, yeah. annoying internal SEO conversations. It, yeah. Yeah, yeah. In this game, it was like that was starting to ramp up, or at least I had a feeling it was, because everyone was like talking about like, "Oh, did you get Avatar? Did you get Avatar? Oh, I got, we got openings for free." And then like right before it came out, it just went, Phew! and nobody said anything about that game all of a sudden. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the, the tale, the tale for Hogwarts Legacy has been ridiculously long, and like, I was on, I was on guides for that game for a long time. Yeah. Like, because it's just like, it's, it's, it's a, it, that game is enormous. Like, mm -hmm. say what you will about it. That game is massive and there are tons of areas and there is tons of stuff to do. So it was just like, I was playing that game for a long time to, yeah. you know, to write guides. Um, and like the degree to which people want to engage with that, with that discussion, like that's in, in this industry. And it is, I, I imagine it's, it's a lot like, like political journalists or pundits or things like that. It's like, there's stuff that you don't want to look at or spend time with. That's yeah. your job. And it's like, there's a degree to which like not being attached to an outlet or something like that, like can free you up to vote with your wallet. Or, I mean, not really vote with your wallet, but like, you get what I'm saying. Like there's, there's you can pick and choose. Which... I didn't have to play Hogwarts cause I'm not, I, you know, I'm currently not with an outlet. So I'm just like, mm, yeah. no, I don't want to do that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Also as an aside, you know, trans rights are human rights and fuck JK Rowling has to be said. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. We love our trans friends. Um, and yeah, I, I, well, never mind. I'm not gonna talk about that. There was, yeah, there was some stuff. There was some stuff that I, that I, that I wanted to do with that game, uh, with that game. Like I know, I know some trans people in the industry that I wanted to talk about and, and, uh, we couldn't sync up the scheduling. I was going to have one of them on to talk about the game actually. Mm -hmm. Um, and I was like, I was like, man, this is going to be like good because we can actually have a positive, constructive have discussion a about like discussion about it without just, you know, slinging hate on both sides. And, yeah, yeah. Because, because there, there is, there, 
there is one of the things that I feel about it is I having played it extensively, I do think that it, you know, port key did kind of get a raw deal because they did seemingly from my perspective, and this might not be other people's perspective and that's totally fine. They tried to do something about it. They tried to put, they tried to run their own narrative that was counter to what JK was putting forward. And I, that I am fascinated. I the attempt. And yeah. I'm, yeah. I, I, I am fascinated if we will ever know what the conversations behind the scenes w- looked like for that. And if mm-hmm. they had to get like, if they, if there was editorial oversight or if there was any sort of discussion had or things like that. Anyways, I, I, I hope that stories will come would, out about this I game I would someday. love to hear that. That's more interesting to me than anything about actually playing that game, I yeah. think. Yeah, definitely. But anyways. Yeah, it, it was just the, like, regardless of that stuff, it was, like, the frustration of, like, you know, this has to be covered no matter what. And, like, yeah. the sort of callousness from the people upstairs versus the, like, oh, well, fuck, it's, the traffic's good. Yeah, it sure would have been great if the traffic was not good. In this case, it was like, man, I really don't like this game, but I sure do see a lot of like interest in SEO content. Yeah, it'll probably be another thing I can't escape. And then, yeah. bow, it died. And, and then, like, and yes. then the universe <laughs> will show mercy. You up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, not to Thank talk you. about just controversy <laughs> after controversy after controversy, but like, it's kind of like what happened after like the 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 internal. Uh, to not get to for people who listen to this show for an escape to not get too gratuitous about it the internal problems that ABK was experiencing and how some people in prominent positions at sites around the internet were like we're not going to cover Call of Duty we're not going to cover Blizzard games until this stuff is addressed and then that just never materialized that that like you know that resolution just never happened I still do my best to at least have, you know, a forward disclaimer of here is all that happened. Here is all that shit. You must not, you know, let it not be accountable. Yeah. Especially given that I'm about to say something positive about the creatives and what they have done after the fact. So keep that in mind as you read. And also like any other people group, like the developers at Activism Blizzard King or at Port Key Games or at, you know, whoever, uh, you know, whatever development uh, team made Pandora like they're not a monolith like there are people there who are very passionate about making positive change in different things there are people who are the other way you know there you know there's all sorts of stuff like that so like the creatives and the corporates yes and and there there will be some kind of varying degree between all of them yeah yeah and there will be developers who will tell you like hey like we made this and you know we are proud of the work that we did and yes we made it in a hostile work environment but also like whatever like we don't have any issues with you like supporting the studio and there are other people who are like yeah boycott it or whatever and so like it's it's just people are just going to have different opinions on it and it's it's complicated but at the end of the day there is no ethical consumption under capitalism do what helps you sleep at night because that's the best you can possibly do and support the best actions and group causes that you can where possible yeah yeah what it simply has to boil down to and also and also and also and also if you're gonna if you're gonna try to make the best change that you can make sure you vote and vote in your local elections and stuff as well it's compulsory in Australia hooray yeah there you go 
Chris doesn't have a choice. <laughs> <laughs> so when they were like, oh God, what was it? What was that old campaign that they did? It wasn't, it wasn't rock the vote and it wasn't, was it vote or die? Yeah. That was, there was the like, South Park one. Yeah. Vote or die. Or was it vote like, I felt like it was like a thing, skateboarding thing. Yeah. That sounds really familiar. Yeah. Rock the vote was also a thing. Vote yeah, I don't know the die. origin of them, but when you say vote or die, I just think of the South Park episode. So, citizen yeah. change. Yeah, yeah. Political service group founded in 2004 by musician P Diddy. P Diddy, by Mariah Carey, Mary J. Blige, right? Carey and Fifty Cent. Yep. The stated aim was to get young people and minorities to vote. A band named Citizen Change from Galveston, Texas. That's literally right down the road from me. Oh yeah. Played uh, music together and all that sort of. Wow. Okay. Well, there you go. There you go. There's your little. There's your little wow, educational it's a little moment. bit of trivia for the day. Yeah. Adapted from the Join or Die well-known cartoon by Benjamin Franklin. Yeah. Yeah. Siggy Liam in chat says democracy or else, which <laughs> I think go. is pretty good. <laughs> I love democracy. Vote or fifty cent will come to your house and beat your ass. I love the republic. Personally. Is that what you were doing, Chris? That yeah, that's exactly what I was doing. Thank you. I love the Republic. And I, the Republic will be reorganized into the first galactic empire. Anyways. Yay, we. So this uh, is how democracy dies. God, you fucking you had, you had to, didn't you? Yeah. Somehow Palpatine has been right. Palpatine, that's the second Palpatine reference this episode. I'll have you and remember, I I we know, did a Fortnite I, one too. And I did so, tell you to settle down, Palpatine, in a recent episode. So, you know, just, you did, this you just did. keeps happening. Somehow Palpatine uh, has, has, has Somehow Palpatine has returned to the platformers. Ugh. Oh, disgusting disgusting and i apologize for referencing palpatine so much no it's fine particularly particularly I, when he was for the longest time nobody knew what his fucking name was he was just the emperor which i thought was better because i think palpatine is kind of a dumb it reminds me of ovaltine every time <laughs> i hear it that's what it reminds me of and i can't get that out oh of my no head. Well, now I'm not going to be able to get that out of my head. Somehow, yeah. Ovaltine has returned. Was, was that why he had to be Emperor hooked up Sheev to so Ovaltine. much shit? Yep, he had like, yes, really bad yes. fiber problems. Ziggy <laughs> <laughs> Leo says, do you know his first name, though? Yes, it's Sheev, which is so skeevy. Yeah, Sheev S-H-E-V. Palpatine. S-H-E-E-V. Yeah. All right. Cool. <laughs> Skuma Ovaltine. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking oh, of wow. the Smurfs. The king of the Smurfs. <laughs> I don't know how we got here anymore. I'm, I don't know, wow, but I'm I'm, just, I'm okay. pretty sure that's going to be the name of the episode. <laughs> I think we're at this point, yeah. But, yeah, man. What a good what a good oh. episode. And this is even apart from the fact that dude, I I didn't want to I didn't necessarily want to like force feed the discussion about the Baldur's Gate 3 comment about post-Act 2 or whatever when we were talking about indigenous peoples by way of the Smurfs, because I, <laughs> I didn't necessarily want to talk about that. But now I feel like I have to. Wow. 
Wow, we have gone off the rails. We Please really talk. Have. Say it. So, Go for it. <laughs> we were talking earlier about how how uh, how we Chris and I just did, weren't motivated. I I desperately want to finish Baldur's Gate three. I really do. I really want to finish it. And every time I, I go back into the game, I'll fight a fight. I'll do like 20 minutes of a battle and then somebody will die and then I'll reload. And I'm like, I feel like this isn't respecting my time. And it's just not pulling me forward through it. And then I believe it was Lucas who was talking about the game. Like, like what? The game not horny enough for you? <laughs> and, uh, well, I have had a thing with Lazel and now I've had a thing with Carlock and I'm, I'm feeling pretty good. And I finished that and it feels like the relationship is kind of done. And so I, I, I feel like it's gotta just be, it's gotta just be the post nut clarity. That's, that's yeah. keeping me from it. <laughs> that's it. That was the one <laughs> November and November is over guys. It's over. It is time for horny December. That's what it is. That's what it is. Degenerate December is, is Degen December. That's, That's very good. Double like D's, yo. Double D's. <laughs> hey, oh. you guys know what double D's mean, right? It's Degen December, right? Right? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Right? That's totally oh what it means. God. So we could just put down post nut clarity is keeping me from beating anything but from beating no i'm just kidding (laughs) Uh uh keeping uh me from beating Baldur's gate 3 i i i want to the camera is so bad you guys it's so bad i can't take it anymore i may actually just sprint past all the stuff i did because i lost 10 hours to try to go back and fix what i screwed up and i fixed it and then i fixed it even more and i made it even better so now I'm in a really good position to move through Act 2, which was incredibly annoying. But I feel like if I do anything over again, I'm just going to lose my shit. So I may just need Crank to, the like... the difficulty down and just sprint through. Like, just at least see it, right? Yeah. I will probably do that... I will either do... I'm, I'm, I'm either going to give that a legit attempt after I finish Alan Wake... I finish Alan Wake and Jedi Survivor, or I don't think there's anything else that I need to get to. But we also don't have tons of time, and I still have to do, like, most of Act 2 and then all of Act 3, which is going to take a minute. So, I don't know. I feel if you've completely fallen off and just struggled to even get back into the game, that in itself is telling, right? I feel like, like one thing is like if you have to force thing, yourself to finish it, that's probably not a good in- indicator of you know its overall quality and oh no, it's yeah, and it's year. definitely not going to be my game of the year for sure, for sure. Like unless it just totally you know like like the I'm making a lot of references, which in and of itself is a very Family Guy thing. But I think about the my wife and I use this line a lot. There's an episode where Peter's supposed to throw a party for Stewie, I think, and he's just sitting on the front porch. And Brian walks out and says, Peter, if you're going to pull a party out of your ass, you might want to stand up, which is something we say about a lot of things. And I kind of feel that way about Baldur's Gate 3. Like, if you're going to pull Goaty out of your ass, like, you you need to fucking stand up. You know what I mean? But I don't know. I feel like it, it I feel like I've generally come around to, like, Chris, your, your stance, which is that 
it's it's just got its best foot forward and act one is the best uh because like for because we spent all that time play testing it and making sure it was there the yeah. rest they didn't and it shows because if you start trying to you know deviate too much then the larian encounters kick in and just go no no you can't and actually you know what i feel like that starts in act two because it does it definitely like i consider the larian encounter to be the one with isabel like that's because it's like if you that's one what i okay to clarify what i consider a larian encounter is one where it's like if you just stumble into it or just go following it it's a gotcha moment because there is no way you are going to reliably beat this on your first go on your first go without lot of luck because it's just the odds are stacked against you and it kind of needs special prep and such so you'll probably have to load or suffer a bad consequence and it's like all right and there's a lot more of those as the game goes through but the first one is early in act two where it's like yeah if you're not prepared for the encounter after talking to isabel then you're in trouble Hmm. so yeah it does kick in from there and then there's a few more of that and then yeah, Act 3 is where just a lot of the freedom just is squandered, unfortunately. And a lot more problems come out, but I'll get to those eventually, and you'll get to them, maybe, so we'll see. Yeah, I I want to do it just because, like, and obviously I'm aware that I don't owe this game anything, but it is the sequel to my favorite game ever, and... But I'd rather play the sequel. I'd it's like yeah yeah people are yeah, saying it's best yeah. game of the year i'm like it's not even the best Baldur's gate game you know yeah no not i mean not even close not even close however i i do think that there are like we, you know we're talking about exceptional things i do think the characterization and the squad is really awesome like Absolutely. I, I i will say um it's taken some time for me to kind of like acknowledge this because I feel like there, there, the sense of immediacy, like there is all, there is recency bias, but there's also the opposite of that, uh, where it's like you haven't had time to marinate on something for a while, uh, and kind of like stew in the juices of the experience. Uh, the juices. But like it, it, it's taken me a, a while to realize that like I really like certain of these characters like these are some of my favorite companions in any game i think some of them and like i i'm excited to see where Shadowheart goes because i've been like ride or die shadow heart since like the beginning even though i'm like <laughs> even though i'm like i i know she's got problems i know she's got problems because like man you're like really but i've like i've been i've been you know like the it's like the whole i can fix her thing like i've been talking her through some stuff and talking around of stuff. I'm hella charismatic. Like it's one of my, it's, you know, it's one of my best features, but like Carlock is awesome. Like will is awesome. is straight up. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. No, no, like n- with Carlock, no notes, no notes. There's nothing to add. If Carlock is just the best, right? She's like, awesome. We, we She's all accept awesome. that. Uh, I think will is great. I think Gale sucks, but I like that. He sucks. Like he okay. sucks in an interesting way, and there is a story and character for all of it there, which is fun to plumb. Yeah, and I I dig him. So it's like it's like he and Asterion are both like these are two assholes in and they're assholes in different ways, but like yes. I'm cool with it. You know what I mean? Like I don't like them as much, like as the other characters you know that we've talked about, but like I like that they're around because you gotta have 
you gotta have some of those. You gotta have your Edwins. You know what I mean? Like, and now there's no Edwin in this game, but you know. No. But no one is at the level of Edwin Odesseron. Yeah, but you get what I'm saying. You know, we we got yeah. we got like, good we got good companions. Yeah. Ultimately, what I have to say is the companions overall are very good, but there is no individual that is nearly as good as Jahira in Baldur's Gate 2, not even Jahira in Baldur's Gate 3. Yeah. So that's that's where it ultimately boils. Yeah, yeah. But I, I, think, I think one of the biggest things about this is it's not necessarily that I don't want to spend time with it. It's that I realize the amount of time that I'm spending with it is taking it away from other stuff that I want to spend more time with, which I'm mm. going to get to shortly with Alan Wake because that is foremost in my mind right now. Um which we're going to get to. And then also I, I, I'm not super, it it, is one of these things where it's like kind of comfort food. Jedi survivor is not like exceptional for me, but it is very fun so far. And like, I am having a good time with it. Um, so like, I don't really know if I super care to get through that before game of the year, because I don't, the only game that I'm playing right now that I have not finished yet that I think even has a chance at getting game of the year is Alan Wake 2. Um, but so like, I kind of don't care if I get to the other ones because I'm like, it's not going to change my answer really. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I'm the odds of it making an impact in the last act to dethrone, you know, or even the last half of act two. Like, you yeah. know, even once I go to the towers, like, because I'm like, I still haven't gone into like the dark shadow areas. Um, like I'm just outside of the, the town and I think I did yeah, the you thing. Yeah, you haven't gone to the towers the itself. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I still have a chunk of act two left and I haven't gone to remember the thing we were talking about. The, the thing where they were like warning me off of going in there, but you guys were like, yeah, you need to go in there. I haven't done that either. So you like, do have to go in there, but you go there last. Like, you go to the towers, and then you do that thing. Because afterwards, okay. it basically progresses the okay. timeline. So Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So, yeah. So, like, I do want to get to that, but, but like, I have a, a priority, and that priority is, like, way more important to me than Baldur's Gate 3. And after that, then I guess I'll kind of suss out where my emotions are. If I feel like going with Jedi Survivor just for fun then I will. And otherwise I'll probably just go head down on Baldur's Gate three and that will just be what I'm doing. Um, in yeah. Jedi survivor, did you get cross guard yet? Cross guard. Uh, I don't think so. I'm pretty early. Okay. Uh, I have, I have three stances. Uh, and, I have the grappling hook. I have. Uh, I, I'm on the second planet. Okay, cross so guard like, is the the two handed style. Okay. Um, yeah. So when you get that, ooh, it's so sick. It's good. Oh yeah. Nice. I stuck with that for the rest of the game when I get it. I I've been doing dual wield, uh, because mm. typically, I had this thing this this thing that that um, came to my mind. Uh, back when Persona 4 Arena was like first came out where mm. I just I kind of realized that that Yosuke is like very me he wears his hair like I wore it when I was in in high school and college he's always got headphones on like me and he's holding two kunai that are like roughly the same size as drumsticks and I just kind of realized oh 
I should be playing dual wield characters in games because I'm I've been a drummer for like 30 years. So I was just okay, like, okay. if I was actually gonna be in one of these fantasy worlds, like I should lean into something that I'm good at. Like if I was gonna do like an isekai type type thing of like, oh, I'm creating myself in Baldur's Gate, I should dual wield and I should dual wield like short swords or something. And so like I've kind of tried to like lean into that. And uh, so as soon as I got like the dual wield style in Jedi Survivor, I was like, all right, here we go, we swang in. Oh, I missed I missed a, a comment in here. Siggy Liam said, uh, as we've said, games like Baldur's Gate 3 fall under the same curtain as MMORPGs, where the sheer amount of time investment required to obtain a proper review is too significant to give a reliable statement by the time uh, typical due dates come through. Ain't that the truth, man. This is why I intend to do a, a WoW Dragonflight review now that it's finished. Now that yeah. it's out, now that we are preparing for the next one, you know? Well, and, and All also, three raid tiers and everything. And also, this is like, like, it's not, like, it's still getting major patches. Like, there was a major patch not that long ago that did something with, like, one of the recruitable characters that I missed or something. Um, where, like, yeah, they were, yeah. they were going to be added in, a new epilogue in BG3, so yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, there, there's still a part of me that's like, I still kind of feel like this game's not done yet. Yeah. Yeah. You know? No, wait, wait for the director's cut, the uh, the enhanced edition, whatever it is at this point, it feels like. Yeah. Because, yeah. Like, yeah. I, I don't know how, if there will be one, there probably will be one. I don't know if there'll be DC, DLC. There'll probably be DLC. But, like, it just didn't feel like it was finished. It really didn't. And I don't think the patches have honestly helped in the best ways. But what do I know? Yeah. Uh, Siggy Liam goes on to say, uh, and furthermore, you sure as Shiagoroth can't claim a goatee when it got released in August. It has potential, absolutely. The voice actors and characterization of the party carries a lot, but there isn't enough time to properly ruminate on its placement. Which is why, which is just one of the several reasons why we don't do our Game of the Year episode until January. Like, I would love, and it's probably going to be mid to late January. One, that's because we need to have enough time to play all the stuff that we want to play. Nobody on this show is required to play everything. Um, that's just absurd. Like we also have we to couldn't. live. We're and not always make interested jobs. in it. As yeah. we said last week, it's like, yeah, we, we have to accept that we will not be able to play everything. It's yeah. just, that's just life in video games. But I want, I want people to have the time to play the stuff that actually means something to them. And and I could play more say the princess, yeah, yeah, and and also they announced I, they're uh, doing an update for that as well, like a director's cut kind of thing. So more oh, they are for that coming soon. Yeah, yeah. Do you pay they're... for it or is it a free update? Free. Uh, no idea. Uh, free update. Free, though. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Nice. I'm excited to check that out. Um, but also, like, there have been several years with with the cutoff in like in like I, I forget when the cutoff is for nominations for the game awards it's early it's very early like, it's like september or october yeah. right i'm pretty sure like if, it, Something if like your that. game comes out in like december at all it's just it, you shunt it to the next year yeah. which is what happened for smash bros ultimate which was inevitable right like that came out in december and it's like how can you not have this as a contender for something yeah, yeah. at any time you know but then a game from 2023 be included in the 2024 like it's just that just doesn't make any sense to it's me. Silly, I, but... I, yeah 
And and I, I definitely understand why people do it because a lot of people in the games industry go on vacation in December. Um, and that's, they take their big end of the year, like vacations, like I'm yeah. doing right now. Uh, because like, basically like most of the people are not in the IGN offices for like half of the month. And then they come back after the new year and then they get back at it. Um, but I think that's the perfect time to be playing these games and catch up and then actually talk about it when you've had time to think. I don't know. <laughs> Call me crazy. Yeah, I actually yeah, noticed this yeah, reminds I've... me of the, like all the year in review stuff that's been coming out, like from the, your platforms. Uh, Nintendo um, has like its charts and stuff and it completely has December chopped off. So it's like, that's man. wild. So December doesn't the, exist. <laughs> yeah, so like, this sure would look different if it included the like 90 hours of Dragon Quest Monsters I just played. <laughs> but yeah. that, that just doesn't count, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So I guess, yeah, fuck you, P5 Tactica, etc. Does it yeah. does it include December 2022? That's a great question. Because if it doesn't, yeah, then that means December doesn't exist on their wrap. Yeah. Nintendo never has decreed. Nintendo canceled Christmas. <laughs> Thank fuck. I'm glad somebody did. Sorry, what? I'm going to pull that up real quick while you guys... Yeah. So... Although, how further have you gotten in Dragon Quest Monsters? You said like 90 hours or so? Uh, yeah, I beat the hell out of it. Um, finished the story, uh, beat the post-game thing, beat the other post-game thing. Um, yeah. I, I closed the, the book. post-game. Yeah, yeah. I started it. Um, I don't think I love it quite as much as you do. I can definitely see the appeal, though, and I will definitely be chipping away at it. But yeah, it, I played it for like maybe ten hours or so. Got in a little bit, got a good feel for it. I'm like, yep, this is solid. This is fun. Doesn't quite have the X factor for me. I'm gonna put mm. it down for now and finish P5. So because I was very much enjoying the story of Persona Five Tactica, so I went back to that. But I will come back to Dragon Quest. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I think uh, I think it picks up a little bit after a while. Um, I definitely am bought in on any Dragon Quest game uh, from the jump. Um, you gotta get those slimes. Yeah, but like I think um, a lot of slimes. It definitely kind of starts a little slow. Um, the game itself moves kind of slow, and that was definitely an adjustment. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, th- I think it definitely uh, picks up and. Does a thing I have deeply mixed feelings about later on, but uh, that's a conversation for another time. That's a much later conversation, yeah. unfortunately. Also, nice. uh, December does not exist according to Nintendo. Oh, there we go. Yep. Wow. Crazy. January to November, and that's that's it. Wow. That's wild, but hey. Nintendo says video games are cancelled for December. Go outside, you heathens. Yeah. It's like we, we put Mario RPG out and uh, we're done. The year has ended. Siggy Liam says, out. Well, that's not a glaring oversight or anything. Yeah, you think? <laughs> yeah, I know. Think? It's nothing. It's wild. It's absolutely wild. But, you know, Nintendo uh, is very litigious and they just decided they're not having this December nonsense anymore. It's true. They, they, they the only thing, the only desist. thing children's care, the only thing children care about more than Pikachu is Christmas, and now that's over. <laughs> Nintendo's not playing it. second fiddle to anyone. 
Oh, boy. Anyways, this has been a hell of an episode, and it's not even over yet. No, uh, we still got time. We still, we still do have time. Chris, was there anything that you wanted to talk about right very now, as I say to my daughter? Grammatically incorrectly, but I find it very fun. <laughs> well, um, two options, I suppose. I got uh, Rogue Trader or Persona 5 Tactica, probably to talk about most. So what do you want to hear? Uh, let's go with Persona 5 Tactica. Alright, so um, I've been chipping away at this a little bit. As I mentioned the first uh, week I mentioned it, I'm like, yeah, it's pretty good. Story's kind of eh. But um, gameplay is solid, simple, effective. Second week I came back and said I did the story a disservice. It is quite good. I just went at it from the wrong angle. And here I am to say the story continues to get good, but now I have a major issue with it. Oh, no. And it's... I'm nearing the end. I don't know how much longer there is, but it's sort of like, if I compare it to Persona 5, you both played through Persona 5. Did you finish at least the base? Yep. So basically, I, I've beaten I, I finished uh, Persona 5 and Platinumed Royal when I reviewed it for the show. Yeah. yeah. So effectively, I have beaten Shido, and now the the boss of Mementos has shown up. So gotcha. that's where I'm at, kind of plot-wise and such. I don't know how long that will be in terms of missions. I thought I was doing the final boss last night. It felt like a very good narrative conclusion thing, etc. But there is apparently still more to go. So I'm like, all right, cool. But uh, yeah, so that's three full kingdoms and lots of wild developments and big uh, bombs of you know character development and lore and what is going on in this world. And it's all generally good. The issue I have is victim blaming. And there's a lot of that. Uh. God. Atlas. Persona team can't it's, help themselves. They but. can't help it. They really can't. They do this all the time. But um, God, from trans no, stuff and just, like, you know, gender identity stuff and like just even like stuff. Casual, that yeah, casual homophobia without even realizing yeah, and all that like, shit. Man, just, yeah. bro, like, can you? Ugh. So it's, and I should clarify here. I don't necessarily know that victim blaming is the perfect word for it, but it's, it's simply a case of. Okay, the idea is effectively a character did a rebellion thing because mm -hmm. this situation was really, really fucked up. Mm -hmm. And they stopped that. They stopped that really fucked up situation. Things did not improve. Certain things happened and lots of people started blaming them for doing the thing. And it's like, and then they're just always wallowing on this. And the mention of the person who perpetrated the shit that they stopped vanishes. It's like no one would blame Kamashida after the point is what I is the They would be blaming comparison Khan or whatever. And I'm, yeah. If uh, you know the situation did not improve with the removal of Kamashida. God damn it on, why would you fight this? Blah 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 blah. That's uh, what it, that's the equivalent for P five Tactica. But and is, a lot is of it, it putting that comment in the mouths of characters that we're supposed to find trustworthy? No. And okay. this is it's not necessarily the trustworthy thing and I can at least excuse it because this is somebody working through the trauma of that mm. and that it is they are so maybe we something are comes in, later yeah and we are in their head effectively mm. like it's their palace uh, yeah so again they're, they're working through a lot of it and this is probably how they internalize it how they have you know thought about that but it's just but then so much of it is just like you know so much of what the per the Phantom Thieves say in relation to that is not necessarily blaming it, but they're just kind of... It just feels very obvious to me to just go, yeah, but 
if you didn't, the fucked up shit would still be happening. Yeah. Yeah. Really fucked up shit. Like, heinous shit. Blame the guy who did the fucked up shit in the first place and all the people who did not do anything about that rather than you, the one who finally stopped the issue when it went too far and then could not immediately institute a new world order and fix everything. So, fucking of course not, right? Yeah. So it's, it's also unfortunate. It's just that a bit much. That that also echoes like some, like political discourse that's going on in America right now, which is just like there's that's people a good who are who are like, hey, you know, if you wanna if you know if you wanna burn stuff down and you don't have a plan for like how to replace it with something better, then like shut up. And it's just like, well, but that's not. Like, that's we, no. That is status quo. That if the status quo is not working, the status quo needs to go. Yeah. If the systems that empower that are not working they also need to go it's a problem and i get that it's a big scary ask but like it's just a case of you know especially in a story which is effectively draped in you know themes of rebellion and revolution and everything like that it's like yeah rock the boat but don't rock it too hard yeah we don't want to shake it too hard though we like it here it's like atlas guys come on yeah so this is just a problem they have in general with their stuff and it continues here, sadly, but um, I, for all that, everything else about it, the personal stuff, is still pretty good. It's just that really kind of hit a snag, and I was really getting in, on board, and then that happened. I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah. So we'll I, see I, how it lands. But yeah, I'm I interested think it's to see just if they kind of carved off there. I mean, hey, the the good news is is that if they land it, that'll be the first time. <laughs> yeah. At least that I can remember, you know, I know a lot of people, you know, hold up different uh, entries in the series as being the best. I definitely have my own uh, pet version Uh, and a lot, a lot of people got introduced with, uh, you know, to this whole series with uh, with four, specifically with Golden, which like has its own issues. So I am curious I'm curious as somebody yeah, well, as somebody who does like uh, a Persona Three enjoyer. Well, I mean, I was even going to go further and say as somebody who really enjoys Catherine, uh, and also did when I originally played it, I took a different reading away from that than I think a lot of people did because I was not around for the discourse the first time. Um, but yeah, I thought the the first iteration of it at least handled things decently well. But, yeah, I, I thought that it was pretty uh, obvious that the that it was not uh, it wasn't throwing shade on the person everybody made it sound like it was throwing shade at. It was throwing shade at like the in group, which yeah. is like I don't know, I don't know. Maybe that's just me. I you you guys know me. I tend to believe the best of people. But. Yeah, and again, I'm I was not part of the discourse originally, so I probably yeah. missed something. Forgive forgive me if that's the case. Yeah, yeah. The aspects of that game did quite well, uh, tackling you know more mature subjects and such. Less so with full body. Um, I think full body bad, just kind of you know swing and a miss. Prop, if you want to yeah, be generous, yeah, for trying, but uh, <laughs> I will say that I think the 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 new endings that they introduced are fucking bonkers which are just like yeah, accurate like yep, what yep. what I did not have that on my bingo card I will put it that way anyways that game, oh, that game goes look, some places the cool thing is that, like, that literally, team 
the core Persona team, I think, is going to be different. Because, like, they're... Eh, words. The people who did 3, 4, 5, they're making that metaphor game. And I'm yeah, pretty sure, which, like... which looks cool. Yeah. It does. Um, whatever the dude's name is, the, like, executive producer, or whoever is kind of calling the shots, I think he's out of Persona um, for the next one. Uh uh, do we know if they actually if they've like greenlit Persona Six? Like it's an inevitability, of course. But like, do we know uh, if this currently being worked on? Or I don't know if there's been anything like out loud yet. But yeah, it, that's, it's that's inevitable the then. But yeah, they're probably working on Metaphor first, which again looks really good. I'm digging the art style they're putting down for that one at least. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, anyway, everybody knows the best Persona game is Shin Megami Tensei Three. Anyway, so. Yeah, or four, or five. Those are Katsura all the Hashino, best ones. Yeah. Uh, that was yeah. me. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, man, I'm I'm really excited. Metaphor looks super good. It does, but uh, but yeah, to to sideline that again, just Persona Five Tactica. Ultimately, gameplay wise, is solid, enjoyable. I'm. Yeah, generally enjoy the parts of it, um, aside from that little bit, which made me go, uh, but everything else, yeah, it's good. It's good. And yeah, won't eclipse like Persona 5 as a core, but it's a solid little side story and has some real high points. It's, it's definitely, it's worth not sleeping on, I think. That's for sure. Yeah. All right. It's time for me to hijack things. All right. Please do. Uh, we're going to talk about Alan Wake, uh, because over the past week, uh, had I started Alan Wake one? I feel like you might've done the first episode of it okay. as it were. Okay. Uh, I don't know if you talked about it on the podcast last time, but you had definitely, yeah, probably at least either way. Yeah. You basically blitzed through it in this week. Yes. So, since the last time we recorded, I have played all of Alan Wake uh, Remastered. And uh, I've played through the first, like, four chapters of Alan Wake 2. Uh, and I watched an hour and a half video on YouTube about uh, summarizing all Undead of Nightmare. the extraneous stuff. Yeah, Undead Nightmare. Uh, the DLCs for... Undead Nightmare or American Nightmare? Oh, American Nightmare. Yeah, we're well, talking about Red Dead. Is, uh, Red Dead, yeah. Yeah, it I is. I always get the wires crossed. Uh, yeah, so that, and then the DLC, which is um, the the DLC for Alan Wake 1, which is The Writer and The Signal. Um, so I could not figure out, uh, and honestly didn't want to bother with doing the DLC. I just really wanted to get to Alan Wake 2, so I just watched the video for those. And I'm glad I did because there are some things, uh, some like mechanics and stuff that showed up in those that I'm like, I feel like that would have been annoying. Maybe it wouldn't have, but I'm just, I'm happy to skip it and just go straight to, go straight to 2. And obviously I had already played Control and I'd also played the AWE DLC, which is Alan Wake uh, connected. So the first Alan Wake the thing Alan Wake I actually experience. ever played was Control DLC. <laughs> It's a, it's a hell of a drug. Uh, so I played through Alan Wake uh, 1. Uh, played through the first chapter of that uh, and then went over to my brother-in-law's house and he actually had the remastered version for PS5. So I borrowed that 
played through all of that. I'm really glad I did that because the game looks way better uh, on the remastered uh, version. I felt like it, it controlled super smoothly on the PS5. Surprising, probably nobody, considering I think this was originally a 360 and PS3 game. Um, yeah, it's a while back. But, uh, but yeah, uh, I really dig it. Um, I think it is a good game. It also has a lot of pro well, not a lot of problems. It has a few problems that come up a lot. Uh, like so, combat, like lots of combat. There is way too much fighting in this goddamn game. Like way too much. There are way too many encounters. There are way too many enemies in each of these encounters. I literally had one moment when I was going through uh, one section uh, at a power plant. And um, there's like electrical wires or something like that uh, that are surrounding you. And if you get bumped into them even a little bit, you take a bunch of damage. And there's a time when you have to walk through a very narrow walkway. And I'm like, don't you dare. Don't you dare make me fight in this narrow walkway with electrical uh, like transformers on every side. And Dear I walked in. Guess what happened next? <laughs> I bet you won't guess. Uh, it went. And then a guy stepped out of the shadows in front of me and behind me. And I was like, fuck you, Remedy. Fuck you. <laughs> there, yeah. There is a lot of nonsense in this game. One, you have a dodge and the dodge is horseshit. I talked to Will about this. He disagrees. It's bad. It's bad. I've played many games with dodges. This dodge, it feels like you have to... It feels like it's a dodge, but it's a dodge with no invincibility whatsoever. So oh, you literally those. so you literally have to dodge in whatever way is not going to interact in any way with their big, huge axe swings that sweep all around. Um, and it's the Kingdom surprise, special. Yeah. Surprise, surprise, it happens all the time. It happens all the time where I'll be, I'll literally be dodging away from somebody and they'll like hit me in the head with the axe or something. And I was just like, now, I was playing on easy because I do not care about challenging myself with this game. I just wanted to experience the story. And even still, I died like a handful of times in this game just because they threw so many enemies at you. They would throw so much stuff. And there, and there are also sections where there will be like instant deaths where like you'll be running across someplace and like the floor will just like collapse out from under you or something. Now there's a little bit of like a visual lead time, but when you're in a full on sprint, you don't have time to react to it. So, uh, or like there would be something where like some section would fall through and then I'm like, I don't understand how I like get to the next area. Oh, I need to take a running jump. And I just missed it like three times, which means I had to do the past like 30 seconds of dodging through a bunch of horse shit in order to get to that place to do another attempt, which is just like not great. Um, I feel like you could have taken out like maybe a third of this game and it would have been so much better, which is crazy mm -hmm. because this game is like six to eight hours and I feel like it is still padded to all hell. Um, and 
Like I, for one, like I'm just be, that might just be a style of the time, you know, just sure. the era. It's like, nah, you don't want a really short narrative focused game like that. We've got to fill it out with more encounters. We've got to have, give people the bang for the buck. It was still that era before we accepted. Oh, by the way, short game's good though. Sure. But also like Gears of War also existed at the time. And like that game had like a good number of encounters, but the gameplay was super tight and fun. And I that is true. Don't that is the key difference. I'm yeah, sure. and that is not the case here. Um, now I do think that the gunplay and the shadow mechanics are like fun. Like it is cool to run around. I felt like the guns felt pretty good generally. Uh, I hated the like pump action shotgun. I thought that was just garbage. Uh, I think the hunter's rifle is probably just my favorite weapon in that game. Um, and I love that it it basically operates as just like a slightly more powerful shotgun. Um, which is funny because I, I thought it, they were going to have me do like sniper type shit, like from metal gear. And I was like dreading it, but no, it's just a really awesome, powerful, like almost DMR style weapon. Um, and it's all in third person, all that sort of stuff. You can get multiple flashlights, um, uh, that you use to like shine the shadows off of things. Uh, but the real thing that kept pulling me forward in spite of all this is the writing and the story. And that is where this game hits. And that is its strength. Mm-hmm. And that is why I really am glad. I'm never going to play this game again in my life. Ever. But, but you're glad you experienced it. I'm glad I played it. I'm glad I played it. Because there, there, is, there is something to be said for the way that you wander around and find the manuscript pages in the world. And then as you realize what is happening and the story kind of reveals piece by piece... Um, like why these things are the way that they are and the way that even knowing what I know about this universe uh, and about these characters from playing control first which can subvert some of like what's going on with this game the fact that even knowing all of that they still had me second guessing some stuff is a testament to like how well put together this game is. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that is high praise, and I will not take that away from Remedy. Um, and I was... You're, you're not going to get that, and I, I know you're not going to get that because I watched the YouTube video with the summary of these games afterwards. Um, even in like an hour and a half long video, you're not going to get that same impact from finding these things, piecing this together on your own. If you watched a full play, maybe, um, but you know, what are you going to do? Uh, but I, I am really glad that I played that because going forward and firing up, uh, Alan Wake two, um, that stuff played into it immediately, immediately. And not just, the stuff from Alan Wake 1, but also the stuff from Control and also the stuff from the various DLCs. So, like, you know, there were some people who were like, yeah, you don't need to do uh, American Nightmare. And, like, there's very direct references to stuff that happened in American Nightmare uh, in <laughs> Alan Wake 2. Um, and I'm really glad... So, so, definitely, you do not have to play them, but you definitely should watch something about them if you have not because I feel like you need to see 
like those story moments like play out and different stuff like that. But, uh, but yeah, Alan Wake two, totally different beast. Like yeah. it is, you know, total genre shift by the sound of it. Yes. Um, I was talking to Will and I was like, I was getting late. I, I think I was getting towards the end of Alan Wake remastered. And I was like, I don't know how you don't think this is a horror game. Like they're very obviously doing like jump scares or like making super sinister environments and like making you feel hemmed in. And like, there's a lot of stuff going on in the cinematics and stuff. And he's just like, it's, it's an action game with horror elements. Cause originally I was thinking of it as it, uh, of it as a thriller. And I feel like you can put both of those labels on that game, but also there is quite a bit of the um, state of the art at the time type of situation and not state of the art in the way that tech bros have co-opted it, but like state of the art being like the situation on the ground. Um, But Alan Wake two starts and it's, you know, a mile a minute, not, um, not action wise, but like story wise. Yeah. Like it starts immediate. It hits the ground running with like the implications of what is happening right now are like nuts and awesome. And I love it. Um, I love saga is one of the new characters. Um, you know, she's one of the main new characters and unfortunately, uh, uh, there, there is another, uh, character, Alex Casey, whose voice actor actually just died of cancer, which is really, I just really sad about that. It was very sad um, yeah. because he is crushing this. And like, I'm literally in the middle of playing this game that he is a huge part of. Um, and he just crushed it. He's nailed it. Um, they've added a bunch of new mechanics. They've added like um, different types of power-ups that you can get. There's different mechanics. You don't just control one character. You control more than one character. The way that you interact with the world is like completely different from anything that came before. And it is straight up like almost a dead space, like, uh, like horror game, like over the shoulder, totally survival horror. Ty- as the yes. Genre of gameplay. Yes. Yes. Uh, and I gotta say, uh, it made a very strong visceral impression when I first started it up and was, and was playing the first section and then seeing like the first cinematic and stuff. Uh, one that made me a little uncomfortable if I'm being honest. <laughs> uh, but after that, everything has been just awesome. Like there have been like nice, like really interesting little nods and touches uh, based off of my knowledge of control and of Alan Wake and of experiencing, you know, this other stuff, being able to engage with it, with this, this game, this sequel and see like what they, I, I don't know if this is what they wanted to do with the first game, but the fact that this is what they want to do with this one is like, so awesome. Like looking at a game with this level of polish, with this level of environmental detail, like, with this level of graphical fidelity and all this sort of stuff. And knowing that this game was made for a fraction of what a lot of like first party PlayStation exclusives are made for and stuff like that. Like in the same way that like control was on a $50 million budget. And that was my game of the year, the year that it came out because it's just awesome. It It looks and plays really well. And it's got a really interesting story and a lot of weird mind bendy stuff to get into. And this is that again, 
except you you sub out the action for way more like cerebral what the hell is going on piece together a mystery they put you you know a lot of people have talked about like certain games making you feel like batman like this is a i am charlie by the fucking whiteboard in this in this game like they are who is pepe silvio yeah who is i got boxes of pepe you know but yeah it's 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 awesome i love it it's fantastic i cannot wait to play more of it the only reason i have not played more of it is because i just started playing diablo 4 but i'm not going to talk about that right now but uh yeah it's 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 awesome. I definitely understand why people are pushing for Alan Wake being like one of the best games of the year. It's absolutely there. And I think that if we're looking I at just to get to it myself, I, I, I think pound for pound, if we're looking at just AAA games, I it's, it's hard for me to think of a better, uh, of a better, like, complete package that delivers on both the technical side and the like game vision side like yeah like game ass game like i like idea side than this and i'm 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 really interested to see what finishing this game does to my thoughts of this year as a whole because I feel like we do have really mechanically forward-thinking games like Zelda and like, to a different extent and a different degree, Baldur's Gate. Um, And then we have, like, super-polished AAA experiences that are just fun as hell, like Spider-Man. Like, Spider-Man's not going to win any awards from from story, but, like, that game is fun as shit to play. Um, And then we've got, you know, we've got all of these, like, really creative and and awesome indie games but they don't have the budget to do something like super nuts and seeing like all of those different things that i liked from all of these different games like kind of coming together in alan wake 2 is like pretty nuts like, obviously you don't have the freedom that you do in like zelda or Baldur's gate or you know stuff like that but it's really interesting to have this be one of the last triple a games that i play this year and have it be like so thoroughly delivering on like so many fronts it's kind of nuts but anyways i feel like a hell of a time i feel like that's about as much as i can say without actually getting into spoilers and i really just wanted to give my initial impressions so well i'm glad you did because again i've been keen to hear this and i want to hear more from you and will and anyone else when they get to it yeah because in time i will get to it i tend not to get anything that's on the epic store at the moment and i'll probably have to yeah just bite the bullet on this one because yeah, yeah but we'll see if i have the time but yeah uh, i want to hear more definitely and, and i i should add the i whether this will be a caveat or whether this will be an extra plaudit that you add to this game is i'm not a horror guy so like the fact that it's getting me should be I don't know that maybe that's not your genre of choice, but you're still just like, I got to see this through. Yeah. That's yeah. Yeah. That's a high bar to reach. I, yeah, I am a sucker. And it's also, I was talking, I was talking to Will. Hey, Will mentioned again. Uh, I was talking to Will about this because this is also like 
there's like a theme where this year's games are are I feel like I'm being catered to in a very beautiful and wonderful way where like uh Goodbye Volcano High is about a singer. Uh Alphil Valentine was just added to Guilty Gear. She's a singer now, whereas she wasn't before, so now she's a singer. And then there's I've also played several games this year that are about being a writer. And it's just like like th- <laughs> hello, thank you game developers. I representation matters and I really appreciate <laughs> you guys being considerate and making games specifically about me and my experience that are very much speaking to me. This is one of my favorite years in gaming. Like I got to say from from this just standpoint. Just for that for that. Just from that alone. I'm having a lot of powerful experiences. And in, in Venba, like with the family aspect, it's just like there's a lot of greatness going around. You should catch you some. Yeah. That's how given, I felt when No More Heroes problems. 3 came out. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> you're, like, oh. so, you're just so cool <laughs> and you feel represented. That's right. Just playing a big old sick freak. <laughs> Big old likes the suplex. He's just like me for real, for real. Yeah. <laughs> big old, big old cool pervert. There you My go. Way. Travis touchdown, baby. Yeah, king. So yeah, he's, he's cool. Oh, what a time. <laughs> I played a little bit of Alan Wake too, just to like check the intro out. Um, like my my biggest hangup is like I played Alan Wake and I played Control. But they're just like so not fresh in my mind that like uh, I feel like I'm not making the connections even though I played those games. I'm worried if I'm like, do I need to go back and refresh or here have I missed something? Jesus. Let me. Yeah. I, so I will send you if you don't mind watching. I will send you the video that I watched because I thought it actually did a really good job. Okay. Summarizing things. Uh, I'll need to actually. You know what? Hold on. Let me look that up real quick and then I'll just give it a shout out because like it did help me. Uh, it's gonna take me a while to end up watching that as well because yeah it's been a while since i played control i didn't play it when it launched but i did play it after the fact and little bits and pieces of it stick with me but not all the details i know there's certain nods that will pop up and i'm like i know that i know that but not everything in that is fresh in my mind i'll never forget the ashtray maze though holy shit I feel like the only thing I remember from American Nightmare is the sequence where the satellite's crashing and that goofy song is playing. <laughs> it happens like 50 times. Yeah. And I just uh, don't remember anything else. Okay. I'm trying to see. I'm trying to make sure this is like the right one and not that I just like hovered over it. Oh my God. I've watched. I watched so much YouTube, you guys. I watch so much long form YouTube. I, 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 Me too. I tweeted this out. There's a long discussion. I said, I said, I'd like to thank you to all the plagiarists who inadvertently got me introduced to H Bomber Guy because <laughs> I've been, uh, I've been Incredible. watching H Bomber Guy videos since then, and I'd never seen H uh, Bomber Guy's great. I still haven't watched the plagiarism one, but his stuff is excellent. So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it it was uh, yeah, it was awesome. So okay, so the one the one that I that I watched is uh, suggestive gaming. So it is Alan Wake and Control: The Complete Timeline. Parentheses: What you need to know to play Alan Wake Two. So it's it went up like two months ago. It's got three hundred and sixty k views. 
Uh, I found it really good, and they also have timestamps. So, and they uh-huh. they timestamp every single piece of content. So like, and they do it, and they do it in the timeline order. Mm-hmm. So like, okay. So like they they start and like the first thing that they do is like the early days of like controls establishment and such or. Yeah, like so they they do the stuff that the stuff that took place in ordinary, which takes place like really early in the timeline. Uh, I think old gods of Asgard takes place before that. Or no 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 they start they start with Tom actually, so they start with Tom and then it's old gods of Asgard and then it's the ordinary event, and then it okay. just keeps going from there and it just goes through everything, and it summarizes uh, Alan Wake. Uh, I think like a YouTube series that they did with Alan Wake as well, which doesn't have a ton to do with it, but it was a very interesting, yeah, Bright Falls web series. Yeah. Mm. Which is like a really cool tone piece that I didn't know anything about that I was like not expecting, but also like it's more color for Bright Falls, which is great. Um, Makes me think of the one they did for Soma. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's got all of that. It's got uh, all of Alan Wake, and then it's got the DLCs for that, the expansion, and then Control, and the expansions to that. Uh, and then it ends with like some introduction to Alan Wake Two, which I don't know where they got that from. Maybe it was like a trailer or something, or like a intro video or something. But yeah, I, I found it super super helpful. So go check out that suggestive gaming video. I found that. Can really you drop really a link in? in the chat i would love to sure yeah, yeah pick that up yeah i'll definitely do that but yeah i found that it's about it's it's a uh, an hour and 38 minutes uh long i found it super super helpful perfect and uh, i can i can include uh, a link to that in the show notes on youtube if people uh if people like so then awesome. they can they can just whether they want to just jump into alan wake 2 or whether they want to like just skip something then that is there for them get refreshes on things etc yeah. yeah 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 or in in lucas's case like it's just been a minute and you need to refresh because i definitely found the fact that i played alan wake right before alan wake 2 helped a lot because okay. they would name check certain characters and i'm like i know exactly who that is i know exactly what this person's about and that that's how it starts like it it starts the alan wake 2 starts with a reference to a character that you have met previously um so it's, you know, it's important to have that context because it helps a lot with all the stuff. And they don't really explain a lot. They they explain a bit of it, but they don't like really flesh it out in Alan Wake Two. Um, yeah. So. Anyways, cool. yeah. But there you go. It's awesome. Yeah, I can't wait. That's the one. Like that. Apart from like just playing with a uh, former uh, platformers host Joshua Mobley, I've been playing Diablo Four uh, with him and doing the season stuff. So he's been like power leveling me through. I'm playing a, playing a, a chain lightning wizard. Uh, now I'm just having a ball. It's still a solid, enjoyable game. Yeah. Like, we we gave it the time in you know our long form spoiler casting. We did. It, and I yeah, and I still rate that game quite highly. Um, yeah, the seasonal such ha- stuff hasn't really clicked for me as much, and so when it's just in terms of raw. I just want to fuck around with this gameplay. I will go play Path of Exile instead, but like, I'll probably end up revisiting the game, like for the campaign, and then to do the expansion whenever that drops. 
So, yeah. Yeah. I do. I do think it is. It is interesting how the. Um, uh, how the season's journey and the the people who have kind of played it for a while feel about it uh, because it seems like there were some missteps early on and now they've largely all been fixed. Uh, yeah, season one was a bit of a misstep, I hear, or than what I played off, yeah, and then season two, I hear, is touched up in those regards a lot. Yeah, so... But I have not gone back to it yet, so... I'm coming back, and, like, previously, when I when I finished the game and finished the... Like, I didn't... I didn't people, people who watch the the long-form review and deep dive uh, will know. I didn't do the, the post-game. I just reviewed the main campaign and then stopped there, and I think my Necromancer was, like, level 44. So now I just hit level 60 with my Sorcerer uh, today, and when you start up a seasonal character, you can just skip the campaign and then just go straight to the seasonal stuff. Um, and it's all got vampire themes and stuff, so you get vampiric powers. The, every Every five minutes, I am running into a mechanic that I know nothing about, that I have to ask somebody, like, what the hell is this? What is going on here? But once you kind of get initiated into that, I feel like it is fun, and I dig it, and I've started to get, like, my build into a position where I feel really comfortable, feels pretty powerful, um, and I'm excited about that. And the fact that I do know people who are going into it, who are playing it, uh, and I can just kind of, like, jump in. And, like, earlier today... Uh, I still got the tab open. I was going around and picking up all the altars of Lilith, which I know that uh, Will went through and had to actually find all of those. Yeah, for most of the stuff. guides yeah. come from him. So shout outs again to Will. I used his work for that. Yeah. So, uh, so I'm using those right now. But it's like, it's just cool. Just pop on a podcast and just like kind of vibe, walk on the treadmill, play the game for a little bit. Um, that's been fun, and it's 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 been nice to also like have something that I, I know people who are jumping in either every night or like most nights and I can just be like, Hey guys, what's going on? You know, and I only just started. This is only like my second day playing it, but it's been nice to have that. But yeah, also it's yeah, taking good. me away from Alan Wake too, which is a problem. <laughs> but hell yeah. Anyways, did anybody have anything else? Chris, I know you had, uh, one thing I don't know if Lucas had anything else, but I know we're also going a little bit a little bit long, so I would not uh, blame anybody if they wanted to to jet out early. Uh, I just don't want to talk about Rogue Trader, but if there's anything you've got, Lucas, um, hit us up first. Um, yeah, something I was thinking about mentioning or not. Um, this is more of a like I don't know silly thing, but uh, I like to when i can collect uh limited run stuff oh yeah um yeah and they do good work yeah full disclosure i've worked with them so take that you know whatever but uh, i recently completed a couple of sets for it uh for some stuff they've been putting out and i'm super excited about it i just thought it'd be neat to show um so i've got uh, the river city girls oh hey, hey i have the zero one and two yeah, I have the the Switch version of the PAX West exclusive uh, oh, yeah. River City Girls too. Yeah, I, I I haven't decided if I want to try to track down. They put like a box out that you can put these in, but yeah, that's probably not smart to try and buy secondhand. Um, yeah, it took me like a really long time to get a hold of this because I missed the pre-order. 
Mm. And I finally got it, and now I'm just like, Argh. nice. I have the collection. Really I have the power. Yeah, just really love like what the Wayford and Arxis have done with the like River City Double Dragon like mythos, I guess, universe. They've kind of like smushed it all together and uh, in really fun ways. Um, and Soul Bad Guy from Guilty Gear is in that game. That's true. Awesome. Which is crazy. I have not played yeah. it yet, but I know he's in it, which is why I bought it. Yeah, Arc System Works getting a hold of Double Dragon and Kunio Kun is like the best acquisition, I yeah. think, in modern gaming. And Way Forward does extremely good work, so and I really I had do. fun with those when I played them too. And I think, Chris, I think Jam might be in the game also. Ooh. I think you are correct, yes. That's cool. Which makes her, you know, still absent in Strive. She, she, she's coming. Daisuke has said he wants know, to include I every know. character. She's coming. Now, I don't know if she's coming before my girl Abba, but, you know, I just got oh, Elfelt, so I really don't have any more horses in this race uh, other than, like, just just a, just a little bit of Abba. Just a little bit. Abba would be <laughs> cool. It, it would make so much sense to have Abba in there. Yeah. Um, I got yeah, I got to smooch, I got I got to smooch my big... There, but I would love Justice to be in there. Yeah. Give me Cliff. Lucas and I sharing a brain Let's cell go. over here. We want Cliff Anderson. I want to be a real degenerate with a giant meat cleaver. We we need more good old men in, in fighting games. What about that? What about that? Uh, that like uh, what is it? The giant uh, gear that's being piloted by like a dog that's being piloted by like a robot or something like that dog oh my god i don't know i don't know about a dog there's a character in exod and it's a korean name i can't remember but it's like a robot suit of a big dude which is powered by a little girl hey hoon yeah or yeah Yeah. come hey hoon that's the one yeah couldn't remember the actual name i keep mistaking him for raven for some reason even though it's not yeah it's completely different so much love for guilty here Watch, the next character they're going to bring isn't going to be any of these characters. It's going to be fucking Answer or some bullshit like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Although I would, here's Robokai. Although I would not... Dude, people love Robokai. I'm, I don't. Oh, yeah, Robo, Robokai's sick. I think the people who love Robokai are straight-up degenerates, but, you know, far <laughs> be it... But he's sick. Far be it from me. I like him as a person, but uh, come on. He's also a pervert. Come on. And you are, too, true, if you true. like him. <laughs> Let me just yeah, lump everybody yeah. in. The Robokai fan community is a monolith. It's the only people group that is, and they're all perverts. All of them. <laughs> more yep, more degenerate than Sonic fans. It's very Robo-Kai. true. Oh my yeah. god. Speaking of which, I saw a meme about Sonic uh that I need to send you guys after the show because I'm oh, not boy. talking about it on the show. Uh okay. oh god. But uh <laughs> Yeah. That, anyway, that's cool though. I, I need to. I'm still working on River City Girls one. Uh, I just really wanted to get the the sets because I just love what they've done with them. Um, the other one is Castlevania. Oh, Ooh, wait, 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 wait. Nice. okay. Hold the, hold these up. Hold these up. Hold up. All right. So I've got. Sorry. So this is the steel book for the anniversary collection. Oh, okay. I this, thought that was like nice, Rondo of nice. Blood or something for a second. Yeah, yeah. So I, I had actual like income when this came out, so I was able to get the the fancy one. Um, Very nice. And then this one I tracked down on Best Buy because Best Buy randomly has limited run stuff sometimes, and I missed the pre-order of this because I no longer had income. Uh, but here's Requiem, so it's uh, nice. Symphony and Rondo. Yeah. Very Rondo nice. the best one. 
And then recently I was able to actually catch a pre-order, so I got the Advanced Collection. Nice. And, Lovely. Uh, God, like a, like a real Azar, sicko, which I had to great. get the Juiced cover because <laughs> of course. there's there's too many Juiced haters out in the world. Uh, I, so I, I need to talk to you about how much you paid for all these because like you, you've got a lot of stuff that I would be interested in getting as well. But. Yeah, so... The problem with limited run stuff is that if you miss the pre-order... It is limited run. <laughs> yeah. Um, the price skyrockets. I am... But if... I am unfortunately uh, in the position where I missed the... I was really excited about the analog pocket limited colors. I wanted to get the yellow mm. one because I had a yellow Game Boy growing up. And mm-hmm. it was sold out before I even realized it was on sale. And, I hate when that stuff happens. And I don't know that they're doing another one. I have like, no idea. But I I have a tiny amount of hope because there are other ones that I would have been interested in, like the Super NT, where mm-hmm. they're just like, final run, sold out. And they say sold out on the limited edition one, but they didn't say final run, but also it's limited edition. So I don't know. I know. I'm uh, debating, just... like, trying to, like, flip some stuff that I bought that's mm-hmm. rare or limited like a limited run type stuff not from them themselves but and like yeah. maybe trying to flip that into getting like a new one of those because I'm just like man that was one of those things where like it came and went and I didn't realize how badly I wanted it until it was gone and then I was like kind of gutted and I was like <laughs> then I looked at like the regular gray black or white analog pockets and i was like i feel nothing for you (laughs) like yeah i actually i got a black one and then that was like right before they announced the color ones i was just kind of like man yeah what a bummer but um the cool thing about limited run nowadays is like they used to do those things where it was like oh you weren't there for the five minutes it was available yeah tough luck uh they do a lot of open pre-orders now so it's just like we're selling it until this date uh, that's the cutoff, but until then, we'll sell as many as people want to buy. Nice. Um, that's really cool. Yeah. yeah, they get the sales numbers before they go to production. Yeah. So. And it, it takes Basically a long time for the stuff to come out. Um, it can take a year. Um, but, like, if you know that going in, it's like, it's a fun, you know, it's like, I'll oh, see this when it comes out. Yeah. Uh, they, I know I'm eventually going right to this. Yeah. So it's not like, oh shit, I forgot I ordered this. There's, you know, whatever amount of money it's like they they take your money up front and then it shows up when it's ready um and usually like if you don't want the special editions that come with all the extra bullshit the game's not going to be more than 40 bucks usually which is nice yeah. um so yeah i, I there, there have been a handful of controversies with limited run um and again i've worked with them so take those with a grain of salt but just as someone who buys stuff from them as well, I've I've always enjoyed like what showed up. So nice. Yeah, I that I can't good. do a ton of these, but whenever it's like oh, there's like a set of something I really love, Castlevania. Yeah. Yeah. I try to I'll try to cop the whole the whole thing, and it feels good when you get the the last one, and it's like the set. Yeah. So good. the set bonus is intact. Yeah. Yeah, I'm also the, uh, I'm also of the mind that like having you know you've got all these on on uh on playstation like i'm kind of like man part of me wants to like have like the essentials 
you know, like getting like the, I was actually just thinking earlier today about like, I would love to get like the collection of like Mega Man legacy collections and like mm-hmm. all of those sorts of games, like all on like PS4, PS5. Yeah. Uh, so you just have the full like library physical. Box. So it's just like Mega Man. Like, cause like yeah. I love Mega Man. I grew up loving Mega Man specifically loving Mega Man X. And then like I was playing on my, um, on my SNES classic and playing Mega Man on there. And my daughter is just like, who is that? And I'm like, <laughs> it's Mega Man. And I told Hell her yeah. about Mega Man. And I think it was like, I think it was, I forget which one it was. It's like X three or something like that. That was the one that she picked to play. And I'm just like, Oh no, girl, you nuts. And so Wait, then, don't do that. <laughs> like the, the, the section where like zero comes in, she's like, who is that? I'm like, yeah, <laughs> babe, we all feel the same way. Welcome. Welcome. That's, you are one of us now. That's zero. And he's the man. He's awesome. And then I, and then I forget Brilliant. what it was. I actually wrote this down where, where she said something, uh, and it was just like, hold on. I'm actually gonna look. I'm actually gonna look this up because like I have this document where I keep, uh, where I keep like nerdy shit her child has said. Yeah, or even you know just let me see. Let me see where it is. Damn it! Did Oop. I not? Did I not put it in here? <laughs> she said something like he was he was charging up and he was changing colors, and she said something to the to the uh, effect of like you can tell he's serious now because he's pink or something like that. <laughs> oh yeah. Like, and I was just like, you're damn right, baby. You're damn right. <laughs> means business. He means business. He's going to give it to you with both barrels and then you're going to get the sword. Anyways. That's awesome. Like Vegeta with the pink shirt, you know, shit's about to go down. Yeah. Yep. 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 It's Mega real Man's serious. So awesome. It's so sad that Mega Man just doesn't do as well as people think he does. Yeah. Yeah. Particularly because like I I want like I want Mega Man 12. 11 was good. Yeah. I don't understand what people want. Like I They I want like this like weird vision so of Mega Man can... they have in their head that doesn't quite exist. And then Mega Man comes out and it's Mega Man. They're like, "Oh, I don't that's not what I wanted." It's like and it's like, well, then why are you? Yeah, why are you here? <laughs> we wanted this. I'll play thirty XX until then because it's the best I got. But like, you know, and weird. like, I, I am, I am thankful. It is kind of a monkey's paw situation with me, where mm-hmm. like, with with Metroid, where it's like Metroid is really popular, but like, it also isn't exactly great in the ways that I like Metroid to be great. Like Mm. Mercury steam has made good Metroid games, but they're not, you know, it's like when people really, yeah, it's like, I I consider the Metroid, but the problem is there is a big difference between what people picture Metroid as and what super Metroid is. Yes. It's super Metroid is the platonic ideal and people don't seem to be even interested in trying to replicate that. They just want to do. Yeah. Let me give you linear with a with a, an illusion that it is actually more open than it is, and mm-hmm. that bothers me. Uh, yeah, and and focus more on having you know cool action moments and such like that, which are good. Yeah, they're all good, but it's like, again, Super did so much with so little. 
Yeah. And it, there's nothing else like it, even in their franchise, even in, you know, the best of ones like Prime and whatever. It's like, they ain't super. Yeah. Dread is great. I love Dread. It's not super. Yeah. And that's kind of how I feel, you know, with, with that franchise as well, where it's just like, it's, it's, it's like Mega Man has not had that dread moment where it's become like really successful. Where it just got a sudden one, which actually met commercial success in addition to critical and player response. Or, or which, even yeah, like dread, dread, dread appealed to everybody in that regard. Yeah. And it did well. Mega Man has never, which is wild because never it's never quite to that level. It's hard. It's harder than most metroid games i would say unless you're going into the older ones like metroid one which yeah. like, game's fucking really hard but the the thing for me is like more the like lucas was talking about the mismatch between the percep between the iconic nature of the franchise and the uh consumer perception of the prestige of it and the yeah. actual success where it's just like you take any one... I, I, I forget what it was. Somebody was putting one example, and it was like the worst-selling God of War game sold more than every Metroid game that's ever come out combined. Or something. Yeah. It was something like yeah. that. Where it was the just like... The amount of mismatch in, the, in some of these is insane. Like, yeah. I don't even know... There was a recent one. It's something like, you know, the Street Fighter VI yeah. only sold like a couple million or whatever and that's by far the most successful Street Fighter yeah. I'm just like what? <laughs> yeah. average Call of Duty sells like five times that yeah. it's insane or, or Guilty Gear Strive Guilty Gear Strive is the Metroid dread of Guilty Gear you know yeah, it's, this is by far the most popular and I think it's only sold like five million or something like that yeah if that uh, I mean, maybe, yeah it might be less I'm, I'm trying to remember because I know that DBFC has done over eight Mm. Uh, which is like big for a fighting game. Um, and that's why people paid attention when they came out with strive next. But yeah, it's, I, yeah, I I'm waiting fighting for games Mega Man. Typically don't sell unless they're Mortal Kombat or Smash Bros. Right? Yeah. 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 Uh, but like, I'm waiting for, and I, I really want Mega Man to have that moment where like something comes out and it does that dread thing where it's just like, everybody just gets it and then they love it. And then I get more Mega Man. <laughs> But it's the same with, like, every Metroidvania-style game. Like, even Castlevania games. Like, they didn't... They pivoted to try to, like, rip off Dark Souls instead of trying to rip off Metroid like they were. And it's like, well, I'm less interested in this. Can you go back to doing, like, the advanced... Ga- Give me just another Soma Cruise game. Give yeah. me another... Yeah. The two he did of those were very good. Yeah. Really. Everything after that was very experimental and hit or miss. Yeah. I just... I. Order of Ecclesia fucking rules, so. Yes. That's, I, I, th- I think still that might be my favorite. So it's like, yeah, I think we've had this discussion. Yeah. Where like, yeah, this is, you know, located the best. And it's like, dude, I would take another like Metroidvania um, in the in the vein of 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 Super Metroid specifically or like Order of Ecclesia or like the Soma Cruise games. Give me one of those and give me a Mega Man every year until I'm dead. Like, just just do it. Just do it. Turn that shit out. Give us bosses. Just do it. Because those are games that actually support that because they don't have to be super long. Like, don't yeah. do it like the 40-hour, mega-long, like, Metroid or Castlevania game. Make it like... Yeah, you got, eight, you got eight bosses with levels to match, and then a big challenge at the end with a gauntlet and, you know, a final boss. And Mega Man is Done. way more straightforward than that. The only yeah. thing you need are, like, ideas for the bosses and the stages. But... And the weapons. It's about it. Yeah. 
Come on, guys. It's easy. It's easy. I can make this in five minutes. I could not. <laughs> That's a lie. That's a lie. Don't listen to this man. I think <laughs> I, I, I have to wonder if it's something at Capcom, which they just kind of after, you know, Inafune departed and all that bullshit. Inafune? I don't know how to pronounce it. Yeah, he departed. All that bullshit happened. And, you know, so much went wrong under his management that I feel like they've just kind of skirted away entirely from Mega Man and doing the way things did under him. And then, you know, since then they've just had hit after hit after hit after hit and it's been great. Cap gods are, you know, are cooking, but it's like I just yeah. wonder if, you know, Mega Man is just an unfortunate casualty where it was so tied up in that. I and so much of the recent stuff was done by Inti Creates and outsourced, you know? So it's like mm. Yeah, I'm curious I wonder. I'm curious about that and I'm also curious if it's like a Japanese thing with um, like progenitors for a series because Konami also has done that with Iga and with Kojima. So it's like they tried they tried with Survive but like they pretty much haven't done any Castlevania stuff since Iga left and like Capcom has only done the one which like was still good. Like I'm surprised that Mega Man 11 is as good as it was. Yeah. considering that he'd already left to make the ill-advised, uh, you know, Mighty Number 9. Prove that he's actually a fraud. Oh, okay. Right, right. It's, it's kind of a little of everything. Um, Capcom definitely had a hard time recovering from the Inafune in charge years. Um, especially, like, all that expansion to, like, Canada they did that ended up, the like, The Western getting, push was yeah. ill-advised and moved way too much away from what people liked about Capcom. Yeah, and exactly. It went, back, it went well. Funny, that. Yeah. Um, so, like, Capcom, like, retreated all the way back to Japan, like, entirely in recent years. And, like, the Resident Evil and Monster Hunter stuff has gone really well for them and everything. Um, but, that like... selling, five, like, gang yeah. six. Um, Mega Man sort of was, like one of the big parts of struggle because like a like everything they were trying just wasn't going well and then like i think the guy who was like the producer or director or lead of some sort on 11 was like yeah nobody we just didn't have anyone who was like stepping up to the plate to like take charge on a new mega man like nobody literally like nobody, nobody was like i've got an idea yeah. yeah um until he did it and then um, it seemed to do pretty well. Um, but at the same time... What like, they need the, is a Sonic Mania situation. Yeah. Just the fans come in and do it, and they go, cool, you do that. Yeah. I mean, I will say... Also, like, they've, just, they've seen a lot of success with the Legacy Collection stuff, so they've, yeah, they've been beating that sure. drum and doing it pretty well, I think. Um, so I think they're still, like... Act, they're still trying to, like, figure it out, I think. Um the only problem is like with capcom and like the sort of scope it's operating at figuring out is like well we'll throw this piece out and this piece out and this piece out and they are triple a even if question mark you know, question mark eastern yeah triple a which yeah. tends to do a lot better than the western ones and yeah. the, you yeah. know we may not be getting what we want on the Mega Man front but capcom is experiencing a resurgence and has been for quite some time so True. oh yeah like they are hitting on all cylinders i think feel like the fact that monster hunter is like a cultural phenomenon 
in Japan and fin- definitely and finally breached yeah yeah uh, international with world like that was the big that was the big turning point for them I think yeah mm-hmm. so and th- those games sell like crazy which means that they can kind world of sold something like 18 million in the first year it's like it's, yeah, it's, it's yeah. crazy <laughs> it's I think it's I think it is far and away the best selling Capcom game they've ever released. Uh, and that, yeah, that was definitely, I, I, I think that there was one thing where they were talking about like Monster Hunter World sold more than every Street Fighter game put together or something like that. I forget. Or it sold I would more not be copies shocked. even than Street Fighter 2. I'm trying to remember how exactly they phrased it, but it was really interesting because I would have, I would have thought that like considering every variation of Street Fighter 2 that they released, uh, that it would have sold more copies, but it didn't. Um, yeah, something like Monster Hunter World and then like Resident Evil Five are just two absurdly well-selling games, and then it's like everything else is just under those two. Pretty much, yeah. And it's so not like, that they do bad; they just yeah. don't sell gang bosses like those. Exactly. Did. Yeah, and as like of they September, tried, they brought Ghosts and Goblins back. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, as of September twenty twenty-three, Monster Hunter World has sold nineteen million units worldwide. Yeah. Uh, with the when including the Iceborne Master Edition of the game, the sales have surpassed twenty three point one million. Ooh, yeah, for Monster Hunter. Yeah, That's Capcom's best selling video game of all time. Yeah, wild. So deserved. Great game. Love yeah. it. But uh, wild. Yeah, it's crazy. But also, like I imagine, like something like Monster Hunter. It just it it uh it, it lends itself to what a triple-A game looks like. You know what I mean? Mm, yeah. Um, whereas, like, Mega Man, I think... I don't think you can make a triple-A Mega Man in the same, like... It can't look as glorious and grandiose as a big, sweeping vista. Yeah. Or the trailer for Monster Hunter Wilds, which is, you know, the big... The weather effects and the crowds of the little, smaller ones, and then flying around on that. You can't do that with a Mega Man reliably. Yeah, exactly. There is a spectacle uh, thing for sure. So, like, maybe they're trying to figure could, out maybe. what that could be. I mean, and that's I, why. I have an idea. I don't think you I guys bet. are gonna like it. <laughs> Mega Man Act Zero. I was gonna say Biotic Commando rearmed or whatever. You know, whatever the 3D version of that was. Um, you are you know. talking about Wi-Fi? Except in the way it's about real. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wi-Fi one. Yeah, like even then, like if they did like a Mega Man in that style, I, I think it would still be a hard sell um, as like a triple A kind of thing. Yeah, because like Bionic Commander Rearmed was like peak Xbox Live Arcade. Like this is a cool downloadable title. Yeah, mm-hmm. and honestly, that's all I want. Like it, it's it's one of those situations where it's like. Yeah, I'm sure you could find a compelling angle for Mega Man to go into the into 3D because you have to do 3D if it's going to be AAA because it mm-hmm. has to be yeah. th- it has to be 3D. And they tried be, that and it went really badly. Like X7 was yeah. Has to be mm-hmm. over the shoulder. You have to give Mega Man a son. You have to have you know this <laughs> you have tale to kill about his wife. how about how redemption like he has, to, he has to walk through the area slowly and sadly yeah, yeah. violence is bad and he has to carry his wife his reploid wife's body through the or, or maybe he was married to a human and now they the get ca- the first human reploid the hybrid. camera angle may not shift at any point it's a, it's a single cut like or there's you know it's a single shot game it's the it's the emotional story about how 
you know, uh, Mega Man has to carry his wife's body to the to the <laughs> summit of Wily's castle, you know, because that was her final wish. And also, it's it's about it's you know it's about him coming to terms with the fact that like Wily also was very damaged and he shouldn't really take revenge on him. You know, we could just keep going. You know, just add more and more. The more you do this, the more I want to go replay God of War 2018. Or finish Ragnarok, either or. I need to play the, the Valhalla DLC. I've heard it's exceptional. I hear I hear it's very good, yeah. Like, I saw I saw a clip of, like, one of the last scenes from it in terms of, like, the writing and delivery and such. It's like, ooh, that's good shit. So, they cook well with those. They definitely do. Ragnarok was just... It was just too much. It was too much of it, I think, is what drove me away from it. Because they took... A trilogy and compress it down into you know two games for it so mm. it's like Ugh. interesting this feels a bit much but very good when it's when it's when it's kicking it's excellent i think if capcom could pull a hi-fi rush with mega man that might be the idea that would be that sick would be a great idea actually something on that scale yeah it's hard to tell what capcom can do like damn it I can't the believe with, with the a very short sentence, Lucas, you weird. just got me. You got me on board. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Yeah, no, that's... Yeah. Mega Man Rush. And it would have Rush in it, of course. Yeah. Naturally. Rush and throw beat in there. I always like beat. Is that the crow? Is beat a crow? He's a little, like, blue bird guy. yeah i don't know what bird he's meant to be but he's a bird yeah. he he's might a bird. be a bluebird but know. yeah that but that was he's, the one he's, he's a ball the, yeah. the one who like popped like popped his head open or whatever and just like dropped some stuff on you yeah you like you collect his letters and then he gives you something like like you're playing tony hawk yeah <laughs> <laughs> there you go mega man skateboarding that's what we need oh my god i'm ready would, i'm not <laughs> That would be great. I'd love it. <laughs> you could unlock Mega Man Soccer as a as a bonus. Hell yeah. Here's the here's the secret this the real secret origins. One day, <laughs> as sad as it will be, uh Tony Hawk's time will come. And mm-hmm. I think by then we should be able to convert him into a robot. And this has all <laughs> been a secret origin story for Mega Man. He was actually Mega Man. Dr. Light converted him android 17 and 18 style into uh into a skateboarder with unlimited energy and he'll be able to do all the kickflips hell yeah tony hawk the rock man tony hawk man anyways tony hawk's oh. jet set radio says Sigurio, which yeah yeah uh, yeah, yeah. If Sega can pull off a new jet set, then I think Capcom runs out of uh, excuses. That is true, yeah. and they are doing. I'm very curious yeah. to see about what they do with that. And I mean, you know, um, Bomb Rush Cyberpunk came out. It's good. Yeah. yeah, I haven't played it yet. That's I need decent. to get around to it, but it's good. <sighs> is there anything uh, else we wanted to get to before we sign off? I feel like our. I feel like a pitch for a AAA. Uh, very emotional retelling of Mega Man's story is a great way to end out, but I don't want to cut anybody off. If I go into Rogue Trader, I'll be there for a while because it's a big, long CRPG, very ambitious and such. I'll simply say, it's real good. 
It's buggy. It's real good. I'm getting to it. There'll be more to come. Nice. Hell yeah. Nice. Well, I guess we'll just save that for next time. I suppose so. Oh, thank you both for being on this episode with me. This was a true delight. It's a of pleasure course. as always. As, yeah. as, it, as it so very often is. Uh, thank you all, listeners, viewers, lovers. I don't know. Fighters. You, you tell me. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Platformers. <laughs> Jesus Christ. If you have, we have gone off the rails. If you have thoughts, we gone up, we went off the rails with the first thing. <laughs> we went off the rails. We stayed off the rails. This is the most, this is the most off-road episode we've ever done. Speaking of Konami, Siggy Liam says, "Can love bloom in the Twitch chat?" Maybe. <laughs> I submit that it can. Uh, if you've got thoughts, uh, feedback, topic ideas, or you just want to chat with us, we love talking to you all. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Ribnax and uh, Blue Sky and Backlogged at Brian Barnett, uh, as well as twitch.tv slash Ribnax and youtube.com slash Ribnax, where you can watch the show live or on VOD. Um, if you want to see the stuff that I've been doing, you can check out IGN.com uh, because my preview, my closed beta preview for Terrace Land, the uh, Tencent slash Level Infinite slash uh oh my god i forgot the other um uh developer who was working on it anyways my preview for terrace land is up right now i played both the mobile versions of the game and the pc version of the game and you can check out my video review uh i tweeted it out uh earlier today on my twitter so you can find it there um please check it out uh i enjoyed doing this preview and i hope that you like what i have to say about it or I hope that you find interesting what I have to say about it because it, I think it's, I think it fills an interesting space in the free-to-play uh, game space and also in the mobile MMO space. So please check that out uh, and uh, hit me up if you want to chat. Um, I review stuff on Backlog, so check that out if you want to see what I'm getting up to as well. Uh, Chris, where can everybody find you? Hey, I'm Chris Conley, aka Delphi. You can find me on most games as Delphi. That's E-I. Uh, my website is at versusthebacklog.com vsthebacklog.com one word and throwing a shout out as well to uh, acclaimedvideogames.com run by a friend of mine which I have helped a little bit on the back end uh, that will be getting a big update soon as all the lists for this year come in and it'll be interesting to see where we end up with that so nice yeah. over to you Lucas alright uh, you can find me on the socials as Lucas. um Catch me at sharknews.com. Uh, that's where we recently published the Dragon Quest Monsters The Dark Prince review. Um, and then I have a feature on Chemco RPGs, of all oh. things, coming up on uh, Nintendo Wire. Um, there are so many Chemco RPGs. So many, so many, so many. Um, yeah, so that's what I've got cooking. Good stuff. Well, uh, if you like the show, Please leave us a uh, review or a like or a subscribe. Wherever you're at, do the things and tell people about it because we don't advertise, uh, which means that you're not going to see ads on this show, which means we need you to share the good word, if you please. Good sirs, madams, and everyone else. Non-binary pals. Exactly. I need, to, I need to use that. That's a nice jingle. Guys, gals, non-binary pals. From everybody here at The Platformers, we hope you have a wonderful week and stay safe out there. Until next time, we are out. Peace out, guys.